Sorry about that. Running late. Hey, brother Evan, how you doing, man? Doing all right. Yeah, nice day. <laughs> yeah, I try to hit you um a little earlier just to guy give you you know a heads up because I know you be working with stuff. And then I was talking to my wife because she had some issues with her um with her job. Mm. When I logged off, get the my Bible. All right, got everything lined up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of busy today. Um, had some late meetings, but. We get pulled into meetings that only have a little bit of stuff to do. You know, my involvement is really minimal. Probably could have did it over email, but I felt like I needed to be in the meeting so they can, other people can argue. And I just did not feel like being a referee today. So after about 50 minutes of what should have been a 30 minute meeting. I just sent a message like, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> um, I'll, you know, I'll provide my input later, but they're going back and forth. And it was, it was just, you know, I gave my extra 20 minutes, but it, yeah. was, it was clearly not productive, you know? And, and they actually stayed on. Look at this, Evan. They actually stayed on for another hour. What? Yeah. I was like, like, man, I know y'all, they was just bickering the whole time. I was like, you know what? I don't have time for this. <laughs> it's unfortunate. It's like some people only see, it's like they come to meetings to argue. They don't really come to actually get something accomplished sometimes. Right. It's like, it's not that difficult to find a middle ground. <laughs> That's it, and you know, you know, it's 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 um, and this what you see a lot of in in workplaces, just a a, a power struggle. Mm-hmm. Who can get their idea across? And like you said, there's always a middle ground, but nobody wants to go there because it feels like you've given up. Mm-hmm. You know, you've given up something. I'm like, man. Whatever, <laughs> you know. I just like as soon as I started sensing that and feeling that, I'm like, man, I'm out. And yeah, it's that pride. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I played the referee in other workplaces and early in my career, peacemaker and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I found when people get set in their mind, especially in work. They get set in my set in their mind of what they want to do or what they want to get, what point they want to make it get across. It's hard to convince them. And if they if they in an arguing mood, like like I said, the meeting was late. The meeting ain't start till four, three uh, thirty in the afternoon. And that's late. Um, any meeting that's after one <laughs> two o'clock to me, that's late. Like. Like, why are we having a meeting so late? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
I remember I had a client, man. Client had me. They wanted to meet at four o'clock on a Friday. Every what? Friday, yes. We did that for almost like a a, a year. I remember that. Uh-huh. Like, why are we meeting on a Friday? It'd be like the only thing I have to do on a Friday. They must have done the weekends. Just <laughs> like my spot, and when I sign something at 4.30, 4.59 on a Friday. <laughs> right. And I, I mean, I, I had a good relationship with the client. I was like, well, why are you doing that? He's like, well, honestly, Malcolm, I, you know, if it, I could put it somewhere other time on my schedule, I would, but this is the only free time. I was like, dang. Hmm. This schedule is jacked up. <laughs> Friday at four o'clock is the only free time you have. Mm, something's not right. Yeah. Mm. All right. I was just uh seems like every time we get on this 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 recording, man, I I'll be eating. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I bought some ice cream yesterday, and I was—I've been waiting to eat it all day. I don't know why. Some Ben and Jerry's, what's it called here? Chocolate fudge brownie. I crushed the whole little pint. Oh, that's the good stuff, there, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I was like, well, I—I I had some time in between. I was working on you work stuff, then I had the proposal stuff I need to finish tightening up, and then. Had this. I just had a little window. I was like, let me. That ice cream was calling me. I was like, let me go ahead and get that ice cream <laughs> up out of here. And uh, yeah, so just finished that. It was really good. That terrible um, on her way coming back, she went to Panera and got a. She got me some uh, chocolate chip cookies. Oh, man. I love the Panera chocolate chip cookies. Oh, yeah. So I already, like, I already got plans on what to do once we finish up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't let me stop you, bro. If you need to nibble while we on the corner recording, don't, don't bother me none. Shoot, you know me. I eat anytime, any day. Yeah, I'll um, be things up, man. Yeah. Chocolate chips. Mm. So what, this is probably about five, no, probably about seven years ago. What's this, 2021? Yeah, like 2000. Oh, no, hold on, hold on. Two years ago, what am I talking about? Like two, it's two years. I can't remember. We went on a cruise, yeah. And um, and man, they had them cookies out there, all type of cookies, man. <laughs> man, they, man. So we went with um some friends of ours, my mother, my mother-in-law. Um, so it was like a group of us. It was with teachers, teachers' fiftieth birthday. And yeah. man, do you know they was calling me Cookie Monster on this boat? Must used to be my favorite dude on Christmas Street. <laughs> I'm walking around with a stack, a stack of chocolate chip cookies every day. You know what I'm saying? Like it ain't like a time you ain't see me. We was we, we going to check out check out the little show. You know they got like little shows on cruises. Yeah, man, it's like, man, you got some cookies? Like, of course I got some cookies. <laughs> I go to sleep with the cookies, wake up with a rock of cookies. Man, I love cookies, man. That's my weakness. Cookies and, and cookies. potato chips, man. Cookie, chocolate chip cookies, that's my mm. weakness. Mm. Along with the yellow 
and chocolate frosting cake. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! That's 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 that right there. Mm-hmm. I remember I had to go. Um, we had a yeah. I was in Miami, and I had to do training up in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and I had to be up there for like two weeks. So they house is like in a double tree. Yeah. Oh, Every yeah. day. Yeah, they were talking to the okay. <laughs> table. As soon as I came in there, let me get that cookie. <laughs> 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 it wasn't skipping a beat on them. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, that, that's uh I mean chocolate chip cookies, the the triple chocolate cookies. I mean, those are yeah, those yeah. I, I can't pass up no cookies. Oh, I can't pass up them. When I, when I see them, <laughs> like before what I used to do, right? Because <clears throat> it's down in day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like you got to go like uh, miles and miles and miles before you can actually run to a Chick-fil-A. Okay. So I used to hit them up. And I used to tell Terrica, I was like, yo, I got to get me a six-pack. I ain't talking about beer. I'm talking about a six pack of them cookies. Yeah. <laughs> I was going there and getting a little six pack of the um them chocolate chip cookies and Chick Fil A head. I used to tear them up. <laughs> mm. Yeah, those there. That sounds like some good eating right there, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got me right. thinking about shoot. We got some uh, what's them um. The ones you could bake. I got some of them in the fridge oh, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those man, those things be right. They're not Toll oh. House. They something else. They I can't remember the name of them. Yeah, the Toll House ones though. Especially those when you get the walnuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what these are. I'm gonna take man, you get man. me and Tisha, I take about four or five of them up there to her and make me about six or seven. <laughs> she, she gotta have them with milk though. I don't care. I drink mine with oh, nah, yeah. water or, yeah, or nothing. Got, I, yeah, I ain't gotta have no milk. <laughs> I ain't gotta have no milk. <laughs> like the old the old terminology the old terminology. Let me get my chocolate chips with no chaser, like I'm straight. Right. Exactly. <laughs> straight up. No chaser. I don't have to eat them with nothing. Mm, I shoot. I eat cookies with Root beer and a soda, it don't matter. No, nope, it don't <laughs> matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Right, things up. When I get them, my wife be like, well, you going to eat all these cookies? I'm like, why ask me a question like that? You know yeah, the answer. You know the answer. <laughs> you know the answer. No, they ain't going to last. Like, shoot. My mother knows. She's like, if she bring cookies around, she she do it on purpose. She'd be like, she'll bring them. And then she'll call me like a day later. She's like, you got any of them cookies left? I'm like, come on, man. You know, daggone well, those cookies ain't last nothing but about 30 minutes in the house. <laughs> <laughs> ain't last no time in the house, boy. Yeah, I tear them things up. That's some good eating. Right here, loop, loop four. Yes. This is some good eating. <laughs> this one right here is definitely good <laughs> Yeah, so, um, all right, so let's jump right in. Um, where is my, oh, okay. Let's jump right into this. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then let's chop it up, because there's quite a, like you said, there's quite a bit that we need to cover. I'm all right. sure Holy Spirit is going to bring us even more.
Welcome to the Walking with Jesus podcast, a podcast that allows followers of Christ to experience Jesus in a new way with Evan and Malcolm, two regular guys walking with Jesus. Each week, we, while we converse and reason about the things of the Bible and in our lives, we believe that Jesus will draw near and walk with us just like he did in Luke 24, verse 15. Now, here's your hosts, Evan and Malcolm, with an opening prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time, dear Lord. Yes. Thank you for uh, just being who you are, dear Father, being a rock in our lives, never wavering, never turning, never changing, dear Lord. We thank you, dear Father, that we can come to you boldly, dear Father, in confidence, when we don't understand something or we don't know what it is that you're trying to tell us, we're so thankful, Lord, that all we need to do is ask. Yeah. Your desire is to share your word with us and have an intimate relationship with us, dear Lord. And so at this time, dear Father, we just turn our hearts over to you, dear Lord. We ask that you have your way, your Holy Spirit have its way during this time, dear Father, as we dive into your word. Cover us with your spirit. Fill us with your spirit right now, dear Lord, <clears throat> so that we can see what you want us to see, learn what we want, what you want us to learn about you, yeah. you know, about how we can be godly men, dear Father. We pray for Brother Evan right now, dear Lord. We pray that he is focused on you right now. No distractions. His heart is in tuned with what you have for him right now, dear Lord. We pray, dear Lord, that he also brings something that I didn't see in your word that edifies both of, both of us, dear Lord. We pray, dear Father, that he also is just in tune with um, his own intellect, but give way to your spirit, dear Lord. We pray that that happens in this during this time. We also pray, dear Father, for those who may be listening to this podcast, dear Father, who are eager to hear your word, eager to um, see how you show up during this podcast, as you always do. We pray for them right now. We pray that this edifies them, strengthens them, gives them the encouragement, gives them the uh, knowledge and understanding that we all seek, dear Father, in growing in discipleship, dear Lord. We pray that this, this word comes alive to them and that they use it to better themselves, dear Father. We also pray for those that don't know you, dear Lord, and happen to listen to this podcast. We just encourage them, dear Father. We encourage them to soften their hearts, uh, receive what you hear uh, this evening, and allow it to work. Be seeds planted in your heart and, and to grow, dear Father. Don't turn yourself away from this word, but give yourself over to it in the name of Jesus. We just ask all these things in the master's name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen, amen. So with this Luke 4, so when the way it starts, um, it just kind of jumps right into it, right? Mm -hmm. The name of the first section is called Satan Tempts Jesus. And then it says in verse 1, then Jesus filled filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan and was led by the spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. 
And so it, it, I sat and looked at that for about 10 minutes because, mm -hmm. wow, it goes from at the end of chapter three, which is the, the genealogy of Jesus, which traces him from Joseph and Mary all the way back to Adam, right? Mm -hmm. so, uh, and so I, I was like, okay, what is the significance of this? And like I told you, when I, when I first um, looked at this, when I first read it, I was like, man, I've seen this before. It's not really jumping out to me. So this is one of the areas where I kind of looked at the commentary. I was like, okay, what is the commentary saying about just these two yeah. first verses right here, right? Because the other things, when you get into verse three and four, it, it gives you, that's another perspective, right? But what I found was, and you probably already knew this, um, the commentary is talking about the uh, genealogy of Jesus, tracing all the way back to Adam, and ultimately the fall of man into sin that led to God's prophecy of how the seed of man will crush the head of the ser serpent and it will mm -hmm. heal, right? And it's amazing. Now, th this is how, once I read that, that was the connector for me. Yeah. Right? The, the fact in God's prophecy, and I think if we, let me see, I don't, um, let me see if I pull it up. Because I think it's in Genesis. Uh, oh, Genesis uh, 3. Yeah. 3. Bible that I haven't had since like high school. Mm -hmm. It's like falling apart. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking at an old King James that I keep in my office. Mm -hmm. And then I got my, you know, I got the Bible app on my laptop and Tony Evans commentary. But what I really wanted to talk about was that basically the curse that God put on. Um, on a man, yeah, as a result of his fall, okay. So, uh, verse 17, yes, 17 is about the yeah, that's when he's speaking to the woman yeah. in 17, right? 15, yeah. So, 15, he said, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So, that's he's talking about Satan. Serpent. Mm -hmm. Alright, so 14, let me go back. 14, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between the, thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And thou shalt bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Um, okay, and then you said, go now to 17. Yep. And and unto Adam, he said, because you has hearkened unto the voice of your wife, and has eaten of the tree, of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it, curses the ground for your sake, and sorrow shall you eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth unto you, and you shall eat the 
herb of the field. In the sweat of your face shall you eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and dust you shall return. So what I what I drew from that was the first thing, obviously, is here we go. That genealogy that Luke wrote here was mm-hmm. to kind of remind us that, okay, and this is what um, Tony Evans' commentary says as well. Although Jesus is legally in the line of Joseph, and that puts him in the line of David, he came mm-hmm. physically from Mary. Mm-hmm. And as you trace back that genealogy, Adam came, Adam is the son of God, and Jesus is also the son of God. The difference is one came from the ground, and you just read it, right? Yeah. That's where Adam went back to. Jesus came from the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the first sentence in this verse is, says, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it just, that set the tone for the rest of this chapter. Yeah. Right? And, and the fact that um, what we see next is the temptation. Mm-hmm. And Jesus already, Jesus already, pro- I mean, sorry, not Jesus. The Lord already pros- prophesied about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And here we have the first instance of Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. He's led into the wilderness and being tested by Satan. And clearly Satan doesn't understand what, what's going on. He doesn't really understand who Jesus is. Uh-huh. And, and but, but even with that, he doesn't even understand or believe God's word, right? Like mm-hmm. he has no, it's like a, it's like going to play a basketball game when you know you're already going to lose. Like what's his yeah. motivation? And like if a rational person, you're like, okay, what's your, what's your motivation? But the enemy is not rational. That's his nature. Yeah, nothing about him is rational. <laughs> right, right. That's his nature. He's going to do everything the opposite of the Lord um, just because, mm-hmm. right? And so when I read, when we get into to, to, uh, verse one, um, oh, so this first part, I'm sorry. While this is not the defeat. Okay, hold on, let me back up. So this leads into the temptation of Jesus and how he negates Satan's attempts with the word of God. While this is not the defeat of death and hell and the public spectacle as called out in Colossians 2.15, this shows how Jesus just shows who Jesus was and how his assignment would be resisted from the start. This is like we was talking about this morning, how Jesus never walked in any type of fleshly justification. It was never a question with Jesus. And even from the start, it was always in the spirit always in the spirit and and i just like i said i just felt like that was the overarching theme of this entire chapter just the power of the spirit and and it's really you know the power and the authority um that jesus had right Mm -hmm. and the fact that he you know 
he was unabashed of that. He was not, I mean, he was humble with it, but he walked in it. And it's like, man, Jesus is the model of how we should be living. And like the conversation we was having the other day about the fact that, you know, J- Jesus never had a simple thought. Mm-hmm. He, he was always in the spirit. Always. That's just, that's just remarkable. That's what's so beautiful is that I love how Christ wanted like a man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I recall hearing Tony Evans say that like he 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 had to win it like a man, but I love how he did it. He yeah. could have easily just spoke a word and cast the devil out, yeah. but he didn't. He chose to do it how we supposed to do it, like an example unto us. And he used the word. Like, I, like when I was reading this, I was like, the, the main part stands out. It's like what you said earlier. The Holy Spirit is the one who led him into the wilderness. Yeah. To be tempted basically by the enemy. Mm-hmm. But this was a this was a test basically that he was gonna pass. Yeah, and I think it's it can be real easy for us to think that just because we look at a situation like God, I know for a fact He told me to do X, Y, and Z. Now that I'm here, why are things looking the way that it's looking? Yeah, and God is like basically this. You supposed to pass this? I got everything geared up for you to pass. I don't have it mm-hmm. geared up funk. I have it geared up for you to pass. And if we give too much presence to the devil, then where our focus is off. And then what? What another thing that I noticed is that the devil came at Jesus in his true character to tempt. Yeah, with lies. Other way, yeah, just came to tempt with with lies, trying to use the word to manipulate, but not trying to give any truth for any type of life. Yeah, and it's like. That's really how the devil is. Yeah. It's mainly like of all the times to come to Jesus, he comes to him now in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. He's having a one-on-one encounter with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. First he's baptized, Holy Spirit descends like a dove, then he's led into the wilderness. Now that he's in the wilderness, one-on-one contact with the Lord, here come the enemy trying to tempt him to try and get his focus off. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is like, I'm going to still win this like a man. And I love what you put, going back to the genealogy. Mm -hmm. Because what, I was actually talking about Terika. I was actually talking to Terika about this yesterday. yesterday. Yesterday morning, too. Yesterday morning, we was actually talking about this piece. Because, where does it say, Yeah, because in verse 2, and he ate nothing during those days, and when they had ended, he became hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, it is written, man should not live on bread alone. And he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in the moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all of this domain and this glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I will give it to whoever I wish. Yeah, that was the part. So, I love how Christ wanted like a man, which is, I felt like was real, which is real significant, especially this little, this battle here, it shows us like how you said, it's an example mm-hmm. on how we're supposed to look. 
Mm-hmm. But the part we had read earlier, how basically Adam forfeited his leadership role over the yeah. earth. Yeah. And handed it over to Satan. His dominion. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Satan is basically saying, it's been, yeah. it's been handed over to me. Mm-hmm. It's been handed over to me. And the thing that I love is that when Christ died on Calvary, that dominion, he gave it back to us, to the ones that are in fellowship with him. Yeah. Yeah. And I felt like that's something the devil definitely doesn't like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because here, Christ basically, he has he he had the authority over the enemy. But since mm-hmm. he's taking the position of a man, a little lord and angels, he doesn't he doesn't like utterly just cast the devil out. Say, yeah. flee from me. Yeah. Instead, he just hit him with what the devil can't stand. The word of God. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Word of God. Which I found like I always love how also here. Like in Matthew, when we go when we went over it too, it's he's using Deuteronomy. That part just always stands out to me because it just shows the significance of why we, even with being Christians, we're supposed to know the law. Mm-hmm. Because the enemy finds power in the law. Yeah. Henceforth, he's trying to use the law against Jesus Christ mm-hmm. to find some type of find some type of gateway in there. To try and trip him up. And I yeah. felt like the enemy is looking at Christ and like, well, you look like some of the other people I've dealt with before. Yeah. And I always won against them. So this right here be hmm. easy, easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You may get me on the first round, but I'm going to get you on the second round. Yeah. And then I love how the devil, when he comes to tempt, first thing he tried to tempt with the, but I think we covered this last time with Matthew, why he tried to tempt with the eyes. Mm-hmm. Try to tempt, tempt like basically according to what the desires of the flesh are. You want to right. eat. Yeah, yeah. Which is the same trick he did in Genesis mm-hmm. <laughs> with the fruit. So now he's like, okay, first Adam, I won. I'm going to do the same thing with the second. And he loses here on that battlefront. Yeah. So he's like, it goes to show the devil really doesn't have no new tricks up his sleeve. Yeah. None whatsoever. Like the level of creativity he has is really now God has creativity. Right. But Satan there, there really isn't any. Not he's so just much. Yeah. yeah. He's gonna come the same, he's gonna come the same way to do the same thing. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. it's so interesting, like with Eve, okay, let's try the food. Mm-hmm. Now let's try the food again. <laughs> Doesn't work. So right. then he was like, okay, let me try the next thing, which is trying to get worship for himself. But at the same time, he's still appeasing to the part of man that wants some type of power, wants some type of significance in this world, mm-hmm. which is how he also got Adam and Eve then, which yeah. was how he told Eve, you shall be, he does basically, God don't want you like him. Which is mm-hmm. stupid because here it was, we were made in God's image. How much alike do you need to be? That's right. That's right. <laughs> but but the enemy, on the other hand, he's like he's trying to com- 
he's trying to do something to try and convince us that we're not significant and try to did the same thing with Adam and Eve. It won. Try to do the same thing with Christ. It doesn't fly. <laughs> right. That's right. And what's interesting, Christ is physically weak at this point because he hasn't he hasn't ate anything for 40 days. Yeah. Yeah. Whew. I know how yeah. to we just got down oh. talking eating chocolate chip cookies. But <laughs> <laughs> when I'm sitting there thinking about going a while when I eat it, yeah, mm. yeah, the last thing I want to do is go toe to toe with the devil. <laughs> right. Well, and and that's that's oh, man, that's one of the things that jumped out at me because from the looks of things, and just just follow me, follow me here for a second. Mm-hmm. The enemy looks like he has every worldly advantage right now. Yeah. Right? He's in the wilderness. That's his he's domain. Hungry. Mm-hmm. Right? And he's by himself. Mm. Right? And so Jesus is starving. He's weak he, and he's alone. Right? Yet I wrote down none of that matters mm. because God's word had been spoken over this in the Garden of Eden. Mm. There is, there's nothing that the enemy can do or no time that the enemy has an advantage when we are moving in God's will. God has spoken Good. over his people, so let's live like it. That's good. That's real good. I'm like, I mean, and, and, and you, you hit it right on the head. So just a side note, the commentary says that... Um, Jesus is being led into the same wilderness as Moses and Elijah were. This is, and it's essentially to signify he was a prophet sent from God just as they were. And that kind of makes sense because on the Mount of Transfiguration, he's with Moses, he's with Elijah, checking off everything that he did, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of the law. But, and man, Can I just read Colossians 2.15 real quick? Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Jesus is our king. Mm -hmm. He's our savior. He's our victorious king. And it, it starts off that way. So when we when the enemy is looking or puts get you in a situation that looks like he has every advantage, we got to believe and know that no matter what it looks like, he never has an advantage. Yep. He never he never has us where he wants us. It's especially and that's why it's so important as we talk about all the time, staying connected with the word. Mm-hmm. Staying connected with God, even though we might be feel like we're in a wilderness, or even though we might be weak and alone, we 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 stay in fellowship, right? We don't turn our back on God. We don't turn our back on our our fellow man of God, right? Mm-hmm. That's so important. And while Jesus, he, he this the. the Let's not lose the fact that he was filled with the Holy Spirit at this time. So eating, being by himself, being in the wilderness, he was under the protection and coverage of the Holy Spirit at that time. So 
enemy was totally he was deceiving himself to think he was going to get. Yeah, and I think that's that, that that's important because I, I often say that, and I, I told this to my son. I was like, a liar has a hard time believing the truth. That's right. A person that's, right. that's walking around trying to deceive people, they are one very easy to be deceived themselves. Yeah. Because yeah. it's hard for them to receive the truth because they're going to automatically thinking that what this person is saying is somewhat similar coming from the place of what they. Yeah. That's the enemy. That's how the enemy operates. That's right. Like it's hard for him to receive the truth. He's too busy walking around lying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that even what occurred on Genesis 3 with God speaking the word, this is how it's going to go down. Yes. And what I love, I love how you put that with comparison of the two. Because here, we're not comparison, but this is right here. It's like the walking out of what Christ, of what God said in the Garden of Eden. That's right. Now we're seeing like the physical manifestation of this is what it looks like when, when the enemy, when the serpent is basically bruised. Yeah, yeah. Underneath your feet, underneath the heel of your feet. Right. Because we're seeing it through Christ. And what mm-hmm. Christ was doing is like, you're doing this as a, did it as a man. What That's I right. owe. So there was a part, right? Um, so, uh, so a few days ago, I was going over because my wife asked a question about the image. It's supposed to be an image, image yeah. bearers of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting back, um, went back, and in God's image, and just breaking down some of the, like breaking down how important that is because the angels, it's not mentioned that they're made in God's image. Yeah. But it's mentioned that we are in God's image. Mm-hmm. And so it just makes perfect sense for Christ to come as a man. For like how it puts in, I think it isn't that Colossians? When it says everything he's in the one of the church. Yeah, I think that's Colossians. Colossians one. Let me see. Is it 18? And he is the head of the body of the church who is in the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and in all things that he may have preeminence. It's towards the end. He talks about God is uh, happy that everything is reconciled back to him through Jesus. Is that yeah. Right? Uh, where is it? This is one of those Basically, the manifestation of the invisible God. I must be overlooking it. Uh, I'm recording to give me thanks. Take his inheritance, but the from the power of redemption. Okay, so yeah, it's, so it was 16. It's 16? You're looking at 16? 15. 15. Other invisible, yes, return, yes. return to Jesus, the firstborn of every creature. Mm-hmm. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are visible and invisible, whether he thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. That boom, just that that part right there. I think I shared that with you before. That right there, like changed my whole life around. Yeah. Just understanding that verse, just understanding those verses, because it's like. Thinking about us as 
human beings, we are image bearers of God. Mm-hmm. And here it just makes perfect sense for Christ to come in to be the invisible God, the manifestation of that, for that to be Christ, because he came as a man and yeah. also wanted as a man. He didn't yeah. come as an angel and wanted. Because mm-hmm. angels aren't mentioned as being in the image of God, whereas we are. Seeing here in Luke 4, it like how you said, it seems like Jesus is pretty much outnumbered here. Mm-hmm. Down, like all physical reasons, he's down. Yeah. Hungry, alone, and like we all know it's not good to be alone. Right. He's alone, but really, he's really not alone. Right. In the spirit, it's nothing but victory. Mm-hmm. That's the key, because that's where it all starts at. And I love what Jesus' strategy was, is his strategy was, devil, you want to fight in the flesh? I'm going to take you to my territory in the spirit. That's right. That's right. And he is loading him with the spirit, because going back to John, John 1, 1, in the beginning... <laughs> Was the word, and the word was God. Oh, yeah, in the beginning, the word, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word yeah. was God. He was in the beginning with God. Mm-hmm. And what is Jesus using? God's word. Right. So Knocking him out. It's all spirit. <laughs> that's how I saw it. I saw this as because the enemy, like you said, the deceiver, deceives himself he saw that he had an advantage like and i believe the enemy only really attacks you when he think he can win yeah right that's one thing that's one thing i would say about the devil is that it seems like from his mindset he doesn't waste attacks mm-hmm. and i think about it when you said it i thought about joe he yeah. actually thought he was gonna win with joe exactly exactly and so with this situation with Jesus, he thought he had every advantage. And so, but the, but the problem was, you, you just hit on it. He tried to attack Jesus from a fleshly perspective. And that's the funny thing, because that's really, that's the only thing he can attack us. Yeah. That's the only opening that he has. And so that reminded me of 1 John 2.16, which says, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life Mm. is not of the father, but is of the world. And so if you look at the way he attacked Jesus, the first one was the weakness in his flesh. Yep. Right. The stomach. Right. Um, and so I, I wrote down, it, that gives us warning to, uh, to not let our stomachs lead us into mm-hmm. sin, right? Um, and not making God the focus of our worship, right? And so then I, I got a couple of scriptures to back that up. Philippians 3.19 says, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. Romans 16.18 um, also says, For those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. And the next attack was, uh, again, a worldly perspective. Seeing seeing that the weakly flesh wasn't really a weakness, he attacked 
he first attacked the stomach, then the eyes. Yep. Right? <laughs> right? It's like, whatever you see here, I'll give to you, right? As long as you worship me. And then the third attack, he was he got a little, little smarter, but it's still a worldly perspective. Mm-hmm. Right? He tried to use God's word against Jesus, but from a prideful perspective. Mm-hmm. Using, oh, and it's, man, it's what we've been seeing and what we see in the universal church, what we see in the prosperity gospel, what we see in the seeker sensitive. It's how can you use God's word to benefit me? Mm-mm-mm. That's so true. Right? So true. And, 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 <laughs> and that's, that's where, like, you can get to a point where, okay, I know my stomach not going to get me caught up, right? Mm-hmm. I know my eyes not going to get me caught up. I'm, I'm, I'm mature enough to deal with that. But when he uses the, his own word, ah, when he uses God's word, because there's so many promises in the Bible, and he uses Psalm 91, right? Yep. He uses Psalm 91. And who doesn't believe that? Mm-hmm. Who doesn't believe that God is going to take care of you? He's going to send angels to prevent you from dashing your foot against a stone. But the problem is, it's not a, <laughs> I'm going to use Rick Warren's word, it's not about you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really not about you, right? It's about God's word and God's will. Yes. What if what if God needed you to dash your foot against the stone so you can give that testimony and save somebody else's life? Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Because ultimately, if all we're thinking about is our best interests instead of thinking about the interests of the kingdom, mm. nothing gets built. Mm-hmm. Which no fruit. No fruit. No fruit. And that's that's that is the doctrine of Satan. The doctrine of Satan is to think about self. Like how I was on, like, what was it? The Matrix with Anderson, um, not with Anderson, Agent Smith, me, yeah. me, yeah. me, me. I mean, that's basically what it, what it, what it, what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, it, oh, man, this is why it's so important to know scripture and, and, and eat meat. Mm-hmm. Because somebody that's just a novice with the word, mm-hmm. it's easy to get got from yeah. the devil. Yeah. From when the devil comes out, like in verse um in verse seven, therefore if you worship before me, it shall all be yours. Mm-hmm. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And he led him to Jerusalem and had him stand in the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the son of God, throw yourself down from him. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, from here. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you to guard you. And on their hands, they will bear you up so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And it's like, if a person is a novice, they're like, well, what verse can I throw at that? Because <laughs> right. it seems like, well, here it is, the right. devil knows the Bible, but he only knows the Bible to manipulate it. He doesn't know the meat of it. Yeah. The meat of it, like, where does this really come from? Yeah, that's only coming from if a situation is arising and Something like something drastic happened. God knows how to save you. Mm-hmm. Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel didn't do anything wrong. He wasn't looking for that type of situation to occur. He was following Christ. So therefore, 
something like this verse would, could be used to show the protection, the sovereignty of the Lord. And I love how Jesus, he's like, uh-uh, I know better. Thou shalt not took the Lord thy God. Mm. Deuteronomy, just running it through him. Here it is, Deuteronomy. Oh, man. So Deuteronomy is the book when they was in the wilderness. Jesus is in the wilderness. Right now. Winning it. Yeah, yeah. Winning. Millions of them. Wilderness, they couldn't win it. Jesus in the wilderness by himself, just him and the Holy Spirit, and he's knocking out the devil. Mm. Just taking it out. <laughs> and, and what I love here, what popped up in my mind as I was reading this, mm -hmm. was James 4. Um, it was James 4, um, 6. But he give more grace. Whatever he says, God resists. I'm sorry. Wherefore, he says, God resists the proud, but give grace. That's not my, I keep missing my spot. <laughs> I just had it. I keep missing my spot. Let me pull it closer. You said James Four. Print. You I'm said sorry. James so it's James, James 4. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, yeah. and he will okay. flee from you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was the spot I was trying to read from. I kept losing my spot looking. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how here in this passage with Luke 4, we see that he kept, it was a consistent resisting the devil. Yeah. It wasn't just one time resisting him. It was yeah. one time, two times, three times. As many kept times on. as you need to, yeah. Yeah, as many times that was needed to resist the devil, then the devil fled. Mm -hmm. It's like... The, 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 the weak prosperity gospel, self-seeker type gospel things, it doesn't teach true discipleship, discipleship because true discipleship teaches you how to resist the devil in the spirit. Yeah. Because it's a battle. It's an up close and back battle. Like when I read this, I feel like the devil is in Christ's grill. Mm -hmm. Far, far away. He's up in his face. And that's how this battle is. This battle is like up in our face a lot of times. The devil tries to bring the battle to us. Yeah. And, and when I look at this, this is like different thoughts thrown at Jesus. And God just basically, Jesus just used the word. That's right. I mean, he mm, what he did here is exactly what is stated in when with how to fight the spiritual warfare, that's yeah. literally what Christ is doing here. Yeah, because when when the end, the fiery darts, which are those evil thoughts, the mm -hmm. things that tempt us, Christ is pretty pretty much put up better truth, put that shield up. <laughs> so this is this is so good because. You're right. If, you, if you're just parsing the word of God, you're not like we talked about with these secret sensitive false preachers. It, it could be used against you. Mm -hmm. And I, I just want to read this um, Psalm 91, 9 through 12, because that's what he's referencing. Right. Yeah. So I think verse 11 is the one where he says, no, verse 12 is the one where he says, so it's, let's just a couple of scriptures before what, what the devil is trying to use. And you can, you'll pick up on it immediately. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, 
No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you, da lest you dash your foot against a stone. The beginning of this set of scriptures talk talks about it. Mm -hmm. You have made the Lord your refuge. And I think yep. in the King James Version, it says, the Lord is your habitation. And that's, I love how the place. couple left that part out. He left that part out. Yeah, he left that out. First. <laughs> he left that out because he, he, he wants to twist it. And mm -hmm. that's, I mean, it goes back to what you're saying. You got to know the word for yourself. You got to read it. You got to get into the word. You got to yeah. be connected with it. Because there's so much in there. If you're not careful, you, and, and you you go and if you go in it with a prideful heart, you'll miss these things. You'll miss it because that's the first, that's the foundation of that whole chapter in, in Psalm ninety-one. That's right. Is having God first, that's having true. God in His sovereign place, and we up underneath Him. Yes. And the enemy doesn't want that. He just wants you focus on that one little bit, the miracle. Yeah, <laughs> that's that miracle. In essence. That's the problem with today's church. All this false doctrine going along and the church is biting it. Mm. They're biting this junk left and right. Like, oh, eating it up. To, just eating, eating it, it up. up. Eating it's it up false like doctrine. Chip cookies. Yeah. Cookie mm. <laughs> monster. <laughs> <laughs> Chowing down on it. Right. And, and it's sad. It's sad because it's like the church is supposed to know better. Like, how are you confused on the issue pertaining to marriage? Or how how's a person confused on the issue with 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 finance? Uh. And it's all boils down to the pastor or whomever use the word out of context since this person doesn't know the word and they just basically glossed over it, they're taking it for what it is. Because mm -hmm. I'm like a novice in the word would have took that and ate it up and was like, you know, you got a point. Let me jump and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Christ, he's like, nah, this is the, uh, the other part. And, and I love how Christ, he pretty much summed it up. He could have used the beginning of Psalm 91. Right. Yeah. I was just reading that. Mm -hmm. but, but instead, he uses Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. And his reference to Deuteronomy is still the same. It's pretty much saying the same thing. Basically, the Lord thy God, the one, right. Adonai, right. the one ruling over you. You shouldn't tempt him. Why try Why try your ruler? <laughs> he go, I mean, and I think that's the best choice in this situation because he goes right to the law. You know what yeah. I mean? He, 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 Psalm 91 is good. And this is, I don't know if it was... Date is probably Moses who wrote that, right? The the beginning of Psalm 91, where he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. Yeah, I think like, it probably was Moses, because the one above it, mm -hmm. it's the prayer of Moses. The yeah, man. yeah. So I I I agree with you that he probably could have used this, but he don't be playing. He not playing with this dude. Mm -mm. You know what I'm saying? Like he not trying to. He not trying to educate Satan. You yes. know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, this, this is the law, and the law is what it is. It's not for 
negotiation. It's not for mm. reasoning. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. the law. It's to it, be never, obeyed. And I think that's what that's what Christ. That's how Christ expects us to function Amen. as His children. Amen. There's some things we aren't supposed to negotiate on. There's some mm-hmm. things you cannot find a middle ground on. You're not supposed yeah. to. Right, You're just not right, supposed right, to. And that right, one thing is, God says, don't find no middle ground on it. When you find wow. a middle ground there, that's Satan's territory. Exactly. That's not what God is telling us to cough up. He's not saying give that up. He's right. like, Adam gave it up a long time ago. I done came back. I'd have came, I've came here and rectified what Adam have, has done. So it's like anytime a, a Christian wants to turn around and be worldly, quote unquote, finding a middle ground with the world, mm-hmm. like a little leaven leavens the whole lump. They yeah. basically, I really do get it now because it's like a person is basically crucifying Christ all over again. Because mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. What, what did he? What did he? What did he conquer? This ter- what did he get this territory for? And just for us to turn around, be his followers, and turn around and say, here you go, enemy, have it back. That's like saying Jesus made a mistake. Mm-hmm. That's good, Evan. That's real good, man. Mm. There is, oh, it, we got to be so careful, man. Because I, I've been really thinking about these secret sensitive folks and like how they're gathering so many people. And I just feel like people are, they're eager for something. They're mm-hmm. eager, to, eager to feel good, right? And that was one of the main tenets of this whole secret sensitive thing. Like they don't convict people. They don't, and you know, conviction, that's cutting. That's cutting. That's cutting, and, and, and they don't want to feel that. But the problem with it is, man, if we don't get cut sometimes, we don't really understand who God is. We get mm-hmm. so familiar and eager to apply the good part of God's word, right, that it, it slips into pride. It slips right into pride because you're eager to apply God's word to your life without his holiness without mm-hmm. his justice and righteousness. You just want his grace. And then that the reason why I say it slips into pride, because you feel like you deserve it. Yeah. You feel yeah. like you, you, you might've earned it. I've been, I've been going to church every day. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've been going to church every week and paying and my time. The only tithes. thing we truly earn, really do earn and deserve from God is his wrath. Is death. <laughs> That's it. That's all. <laughs> That's all we can, that's all we've earned from God, honestly, mm-hmm. is, is his wrath because he's holy. Mm-hmm. He's justice and righteousness, but because, and I just, I'm so thankful because he's also love. Yeah. I don't deserve the love that he's, he's shown me or you or anybody that believes. Like, we don't deserve any of that. We don't deserve the grace we don't deserve him sending his son to, 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 to be tortured and mutilated for us. We, we don't deserve any of that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so in that, in knowing that, that's where my humility lies. Like, I, I can't, we, can't, we can't deserve anything but 
what we get from God. And, and so that speaks to his sovereignty. But that's a whole nother story. Let's keep going. <laughs> What's going on with Jesus? Because I, I would get here and sit and talk about God's sovereignty for the next 45 minutes, if you let me. So let's press on. What I like is that uh, 13, Yeah, it shows me that the devil had a program. Yeah. And when the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. Right. And it's not. Like the devil, like what we said earlier, he's not coming into this without having some type of plan, some type of scheme. Yeah, he not come on. He's not gonna work. He's not gonna really work and think he's gonna lose. He's gonna work because he think he gotta win in the bag. Yeah. That pride. And what I what I love is how Jesus kept it going though. Mm-hmm. He's like, Okay, I see you. And he's like, next <laughs> verse 14. It was like when Jesus returned to Galilee. In the power of the spirit and news about him spread through all the surrounding district. Mm. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. Mm. And I'm like, here it goes again. It's like, I love how Luke mentions the Holy Spirit. Yes. And here yes. He, he doesn't fail again because he comes out and he says, Jesus, basically, he's working in the power. He returned back in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which goes to show that he's yielded. Yes. He's yielded. He's doing this like a man because a man is supposed to be yielded under the spirit. And I'm thinking about all the men in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. When God showed up and showed out, spirit, spirit took over. Submitted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By them being committed, things change. And here it is. He's going to the territory that many would feel like of all the places, why don't you go to Jerusalem? Mm-hmm. But no, he's like, let me go to Galilee. Yeah. Let me go to the place where you wouldn't expect to find straight up in your face, radical teaching about the word. Mm-hmm. As goes to show, it's definitely in the spirit because a prideful person will go straight to Jerusalem. Yeah. They want to challenge the Pharisees. They want to get their name known. Mm-hmm. But here it is. If you start here at Galilee, word will go out because everybody's like, how do you know that? Where are you from? Mm-hmm. You can't know that being from there, can you? Mm-hmm. That type of that type of thing is like, where are you from again? You from what part of town? Yeah. Like, how did you go to that school? How, yeah. how, how? <laughs> how is it that's possible? <laughs> But Jesus, he's like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to start teaching there. I'm going to go to this synagogue. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start preaching there. And what I liked is that the people, which goes to show, people are eager. They want to get, they want, they're, they're looking for the truth. Mm-hmm. The devil takes advantage of that by deception. As mm-hmm. people look for the truth, he throws them lies. Yeah. And the lies may be sprinkled with a little bit of truth on it. Mm-hmm. So people are like, that makes sense. A little bit of Eastern philosophy here, yeah. a little bit of whatever ancestral worship stuff here, <laughs> a little bit of this or that there. So it's like all the all, all of that because people are looking for the truth, and the devil's like it's his job to try and stop people from getting it. Yeah. But I love how even in the midst of this. They weren't willing to get up and walk away and say, let me go to this lesson. 
Instead, mm-hmm. they stayed put and pray, and he was praised by all. Mm-hmm. That's so good because you you brought up the point of Jesus being in filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and and it's I feel like he got to he went to Galilee just being fully submitted, right? Like he, he, he was relying on the Holy spirit. He was submitted to the Holy spirit. And in that he relinquished any fleshly justification. He was yep. fully occupied by Holy spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that led me to a couple of, a couple of scriptures just to hammer that point home. And the reason why I, I, I wanted to hammer it home is just because like we said earlier, this, this is a model. Jesus is a model for how we should live. And as godly men, as his disciples, that's what we should be striving for. We should be striving to be fully occupied by Holy Spirit. Yes. Uh, 2 Timothy 1, 7, that's one that everybody knows. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Acts uh, 1, 8 says, um, what is it? But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That's, I mean, that's the great mm-hmm. question. It was like, we can't do the Great Commission without Holy Spirit. Like, Jesus it's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last one was 1 Corinthians 4.20. That says, for the kingdom of God is not in words, but in power. And that's heavy to me because what what we're seeing in these false doctrines is a lot of talking. Mm-hmm. We don't see the power of God moving. They make you think it's the power of God because they're getting people to empty out their whole pockets and life savings into their coffers. Mm-hmm. But honestly, God don't need none of that. You don't need it. God don't need our help. You know nope. what I mean? Like he wants to partner with us and he desires to work with us. We should be fully submitted to Holy Spirit, but he doesn't need us to do anything. And, and and we really should. I mean, man, we should be in his rest. We yeah. should be living in God's rest, man. And just being, you know, as I, as I said, occupied by the Holy Spirit. Letting the Holy Spirit dictate what we do, what we say, where we go, when we go. Mm-hmm. That. And that that's what here with Jesus. Yeah. He relinquished yeah. every fleshly justification. Yeah, because it take it. it. It's the only it's the only way to build the kingdom. Yeah. I love how Luke, and I feel like what popped in my head with Luke doing we're always signifying the spirit, because in the pagan world, it's always a S after spirit. Mm. It's always multiple spirits. Yeah, yeah. But here, it lets it be well known in this text, in this book of Luke, mm-hmm. is one spirit. Yeah. One spirit that Jesus Christ has yielded to, not spirits, plural. I have to yeah. feel like that's very important, because you got a lot of people in the pagan world that seem like I forgot what pastor it was. He was in the middle of the street. I think it was like in New York. And one of the, it was a lady, self, uh, self-claimed self witch, comes out and says, 
Jesus basically was trying to say that Jesus was a witch. He's trying to say Jesus was yielded to different spirits. No, the text says one spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the only one he's yielded yielded to. And the whole time he's yielded to building the visible kingdom. And it's like such a blessing to know that here it was in that time frame, they had the physical manifestation of God mm-hmm. right there in their presence. Yeah. And I think I'm like, man, here it is. What he has done has freed up himself and we have the Holy Spirit in us. Why not take advantage of that by being yielded to the Holy Spirit? It's not like we got to go knocking down doors and all this other stuff. Holy Spirit is right there saying, yield to me. That's right. Yield to me. In that, there is power. Yes. It may not come as the world says there is power, but there's definitely power there. Yeah. Definitely some power there. Right. And I just love how when he, as he went and he taught by him being in the spirit, Mm -hmm. the people are going to praise that type of teaching. That's right. And glorify Mm-hmm. The flesh is going to say, don't teach like that. The people going to walk out. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that wasn't going to receive it in the first place. Exactly. But but don't you think that power is really what we always were? Well, what we know about the Holy Spirit, like how the Holy Spirit works on people's heart. That's that's power. That's like that's the power transform transformational power. You hear about all of these. I remember talking to this guy one time talking about he's a transformation coach. I'm like, what is that? What do you do? And so it's it's one of these things where like no matter if someone's mind is made up about something, you can't change their mind. You you can't. You could talk yeah. until you blue in the face. face they're not changing it. <laughs> they're not changing it. But Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit can do that. And it, it doesn't, you don't have to say much. You don't have to, I mean, you have to probably have, know who the person is, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but for the most part, Holy Spirit can do that without you do have to do any heavy lifting or trying to coerce or convince. You just let him know who God is. Holy Spirit, yeah. that's power right there. That's power. Mm. And that's like what I see is happening with these people. Like these people are glorifying God through, you know, First, submitting to who Jesus is and seeing who he is and, and letting their hearts receive that. Because I, what I noticed some things, too, Evan, is that, you know, some people just their hearts are just hard. Mm-hmm. And, and they reject what's being presented to them or being urged, you know, that the Holy Spirit will urge you or give you a little prompting or give you an idea or something. Like, man, that sounds good. But some people are like, nah, that can't be true. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. And and and, and they, they reject it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like these people are glorifying because they they're they're receiving it. They're open yeah. to it. That's um, good. That's good. So okay, so we're down to what is it, 16 now. So so he came, Jesus rejected in Nazareth. So I got some, so you mentioned about him going to Jerusalem, but I'm going to read the scripture and then I'm going to give you my take on, on, on mm-hmm. why he didn't go to Jerusalem. Um, so Jesus rejected in Nazareth. Um, so he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up 
And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, <clears throat> to, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. So I'm going <laughs> to stop right there. All right. That's always picture him doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a powerful section of scripture right there, right? Because he, like you said, he goes back to um, the Torah. And mm -hmm. so what I believed was that he did this as a result of the power of the Spirit. He launched his ministry by reading Isaiah's prophetic words. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. The Walking with Jesus podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. And so what, when I read it, when I read it um, for myself and asked Holy Spirit to just like, what, what are you trying to help me understand here? And it, I think it's pretty clear, even with Jesus, he doesn't expect us to do things in our own strength. Yeah. His, his desire, and just as Jesus modeled here, we move in his will and in his power, right? And, and the other thing I noticed was Jesus started in his hometown first, right? And we, we talk yeah. about that, like, and maybe Holy Spirit was, you know, directed him there, which I believe. I feel like especially new when you get a new revelation about God's goodness and grace. I feel like when we talked about this in radical class, you want to go out, mm -hmm. right? You want to go out, but if you really take a breath and seek Holy Spirit's guidance on this, they'll probably tell you, nah, start at home first, yeah. start in your own house. Right. And then as you branch out and your boundaries, as God, you know, extends your boundaries, your borders, then you can branch out. Mm -hmm. But he's, it's so important to remember that where we are in life, who's around us, it's purposeful. Yeah. It, it, it's not fluke or, well, you know what? I grew up here. I'm, I, you know, I know this place. I'm familiar. So I'm going to just stay here. Nah. God has you there for a reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he would have made it very abundantly clear if you needed to move or if you needed mm -hmm. to be somewhere else, if, if you're submitted to the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I just feel like, you know, 
this is a great model of why he didn't go to Jerusalem first, why mm-hmm. he didn't go to the Gentiles, speaking to the Gentiles. He's being led by the Holy Spirit. And the other thing I picked up on was he went and talked to the spiritual people first, the people who knew the Torah and knew the prophecy of a Messiah. Mm-hmm. He, he, he talked to them first. And again, as I'm reading this, I'm just, I'm really coming into the understanding that Jesus is doing everything that he does as a result of the Holy Spirit, right? Like he, he's not doing this on his own. He's not making no decisions to do yeah. any of this on his own. It's all a result Completely of the Holy yielded. Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so it has implications, right? It has, you know, implications. And so as we did you have any comments on this? Because I wanted to talk about the other stuff after this, but did you have any comments on this part right the here? part that I love here is that, like what you just said, he's speaking to the audience that shouldn't mm-hmm. know this. Yeah. And what I see here is God's character. Mm. God will speak to us, one, in a way that we'll understand, but two, please. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he's reading the passage about himself to them. Yeah. And then because it just seems funny, like and I'm like, it just makes sense for them to sit down because they're supposed to know. Like mm-hmm. this is this is what you've been reading about in Isaiah the whole time. And yeah. he stops yeah. there because they wouldn't know the rest of it, because the rest of it talk about when Christ comes the second time. So he yeah. didn't keep going because that's not what he came to fulfill. He came mm-hmm. to fulfill this first. And I think to myself, I'm like, man, God's character, he doesn't, like, we hear the saying, especially here a lot with, with us as black people, old people, old black people, you hear this a lot, God works in mysterious ways. But a lot of will make it explicitly clear what he plans to do. Exactly. We, we just got to be willing to listen, willing to see it, yeah. don't allow don't allow the physical to distract us from what the physical is. Kind of like what we was talking about with um with Joshua last week. How it's just that little bit of information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hamstring the horses, burn the chariots. That's it. I've given them over to you. Do these two things. You're good to go. There's your victory. And if we are looking at everything else besides oh, that one little bit that God has revealed, of course we don't know the plan then. Plus, you know, like, okay, God, how are you going to do this? How are we going to have victory? How? And I love how you put it before. It's like, don't get lost in the how. Yeah, man. Yeah. Into the spirit. As long as you glued into the spirit, just follow those little instructions that God has given right then in that particular time and moment. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. to the Holy Spirit and you will see it. And it's like so amazing here. It's like, they sit, he sits down, they looking at him and they still don't get, this is the Messiah. Yeah, yeah. This is whom you've been reading about the whole time. He's mm. right before you. Yeah. And he just told you, this is what I came here to do. This is going to be my earthly ministry. Mm. This is, I mean, because really all that is is, a, is pretty much a, a summary of what his earthly ministry was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's basically saying, this is the intro. I came to do these things here. I'm going to preach to the poor. Galilee, y'all. I'm preaching to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> he sent me 
to proclaim release to the captives. Mm-hmm. In a little bit, we're going to see a captive being demon-possessed, and I'm going to set him free. Yeah. Then recovery side of the blind, we're going to see that a little bit later. He's going to do that. To set free those who are oppressed. The favorable year of the Lord. He did all, that, that was his earthly ministry. And it's like, if everybody was looking at him like, he's supposed to come and overthrow the Romans. That's not what Jesus said he came to do when he was speaking at the synagogue. And it's like, God is so blunt with this. That's why I get it when he comes here. Behold, I do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm like, no, I don't perceive it, Lord. Like, honestly, I don't receive it because I haven't been listening. Yeah, not in I haven't been listening and I haven't been looking. I haven't been paying attention in my godly class. <laughs> Either dozing off or daydreaming about something else. Mm. This is this is so good. So I, I took it because um, I was wondering about this, right? Um, the commentary says that the way that the, the um, readings happen in on the Sabbath in the synagogue, mm-hmm. they would have read this many, many, many times before. Mm. Right? But what stood out to me was that all eyes were fixed on him and they marveled at his gracious words and then questioned who he was. <laughs> Does that that don't like that don't make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you know the scripture. He reads it in a way that your your eyes, you can't take your eyes off of him, right? So there's may, may, may have been other ministers, attendants who have read that. And you're like, okay, the, the reading of the word, bless the reading of the word, let's move on to the next one. But you stuck this time. Mm-hmm. And and for 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 this is what we was talking about before. Their familiarity with the word, their eagerness to apply it to their lives in the way that they want to apply it. They mm. miss him. Mm. They miss him. They literally, they literally but know that these, this is the Messiah. They know it. You can't, you can't convince me that they don't know it, Evan. They know it. They know They're it. looking at him. They know it. And then they're like, the enemy creeps right in there. The enemy creeps right in there and and just, I wrote down, he's using the lust of the eyes again. Because he doesn't look like, Jesus doesn't look like nobody. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he he's from Galilee, so, you know. Yeah, he's, he, and, and that's what they say. They say, is this not Joseph's son? That's like Don't saying you, you come from Southwest DC. Yeah, you, you're a carpenter, ain't you? Ain't, you know, ain't you the carpenter? Ain't you the maintenance man, son? <laughs> and, and and that's man, that is the enemy. That's that's the trick. That's the trick he plays on us, and that's why we got to be careful about how familiar we get with God's word, and always looking at God's word from a humble perspective, not like we deserve it or it's going to go our way. These spiritual folk had an idea of what the Messiah should look like, sound like, and be like. And so when Jesus showed up, and they knew it, they knew who he was, but they just couldn't believe it. They just and and going back to what we was talking about, like they just didn't um, 
receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is telling them. As he's reading, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is working on their hearts and saying, oh, my, oh my this is yeah. different. You know? Mm-hmm. They're like, that's, that's Joseph's son. It can't be. <laughs> and, and, and the enemy, all he ever wants to do is discredit the work of God. He wants to discredit it any way, shape, fashion, or form. And that question, is this not Joseph's son? That's all it's trying to do. Discredit who he is. By, again, he, his, his tricks don't change. It's always from a fleshly standpoint. Yeah. Because think, oh, thank you, Jesus. Why wasn't the question, isn't that Mary's son? Yeah, they, yeah that's, that's good. That's oh. good. But the enemy isn't going to do that. Nah, nah. nah. <laughs> and then, then there will then there will be a, a straight up connection with the other chapters yeah. in Isaiah, the virgin yes. birth. Yes, yes. <laughs> Instead, we need to remind we the devil's going to be like, well, you know, that was wrong about Joseph. <laughs> right, right. Oh my God, man. That's good, yeah, man. That, that, yeah, that's on point. That's on point. That's, but that's how the enemy is, right? Mm. He remind you on anything that comes close to getting you closer to God. Yes, that's not that's not in his nature. Mm. Mm. Like when a man, just think about it. Like when a man is getting tempted to commit adultery on his wife, he'll say all these. He'll highlight all these things about the new woman. Mm. Won't highlight anything about what God said about it. Won't highlight anything what God has done before in the marriage. None of that. Everything will be all highlighted on this new person. And that's that's those are those fiery darts that the enemy shoots at us. He goes right for the flesh, man. Mm-hmm. Because he can attack us from a spiritual perspective. Mm-hmm. Can't. I mean, we, we saw it. He, he can't. Because that would be giving God some type of credit, right? He, he can't because mm-hmm. you know God is spirit, has to be worshipped in spirit and truth. So he can only attack flesh. That's the only opening he has. So that's, it's up to us to, that's why Jesus said, deny yourselves, right? Deny yeah. that flesh. De- deny it, deny it. De- crucify your flesh. He, he, he's, Jesus is brutal to the flesh. Because he knows that's the only way the enemy has any way of disrupting the life that and the, the will of God in our life. Mm-hmm. Man. And I, I love how Christ gets, he gets, while they're fixated on him, he gets even more blunt. That's right. Verse 21, and he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Mm-hmm. Can't get more obvious than that. And they all were speaking well of him and wondering at at the gracious words which were falling from his lips. And they were saying, is this not Joseph's son? Mm. And he said to them, no doubt you will quote this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we heard was done at Capernaum, do here, your hometown as well. And he said, truly, I say to you, no prophet is welcome in his hometown. 
There's so much there. <laughs> There's so much there. The sovereignty of God. I'm here. They still questioning. Like what you just said. How can this, ain't this Joseph's son? Not, ain't this Mary's son? <laughs> not doing it. And here it is. He comes out and he's, he basically answers, basically giving them the end results. Since you're saying it, since you're not believing now, when I'm on the cross, y'all going to say, take yourself down from the cross if you really are the son of man, if you really are the That's son right. of God. Yeah. That's like physician, heal yourself. Whatever we heard you do over there, why don't you do here? Right. And he's literally telling what happened. Mm. And they still, didn't, still don't get it. Still don't get it. But then I think, isn't it the same thing today? Like the same questions and the same statements are still said today. Because Jesus now, through the Bible, we have prophecy. Mm -hmm. We have all these signs that's telling us the time is coming near that Jesus is returning again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's as clear as day. Jesus is returning. And yet we still have mockers. Yeah. People walking around mocking God, walking around saying, basically, you're not, you're not the truth. The Bible isn't real. Mm -hmm. Even though the proof is right there, I'm like, man, here it is. The weatherman lies day and night. <laughs> Can't, it doesn't rain. It's like 90 degrees outside. <laughs> mm -hmm. And yet people flock, flock to it, knowing that the weatherman is probably going to get it wrong. But here it is, Jesus has came out and said, "This you, when I get ready to come back, this is what it's going to look like. Just like what he says to these people. Yeah. When at the end of my ministry, this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And they still are looking around saying, "We take us to the Messiah. We're here. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's just, it's sad because that's just the depravity of man. Yeah. Mm. So, oh, this is so good because he, he continues, right? He continues on after that. And um, in 24, uh, I want to, yeah, I want to talk about this 24 through 27, right? Yeah. Uh, then he said, Assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is. Ex okay, you read that. But I tell you truly, 25, but I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout the land, all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent, except to Zarephath in the region of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet, and, then, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. And so this is, this is, this is the Jesus we know and love. He's cutting yep. him right now. He's Cut. cutting him because <laughs> he, he, he goes, he's talking to them about something they know about. Mm -hmm. They know about Elijah and Elijah. And he's, he's making reference of the fact that they were in the presence of many that were afflicted. But only those that were obedient to Holy Spirit received the blessing. Yep. And he's just He's drawing the line between the connection between them and him. None of these folks in the synagogue, they're in the synagogue now. 
right? <laughs> they're in the house of God. None of them are going to receive the blessing. Because it, it's, and so I question this because it, it seems so obvious that they would be acceptable, accepting of what Jesus is saying, but clearly they're not. And I was like, man, they're not going to receive the blessing and growing in the knowledge of the Son of God, the Messiah of Israel, and the Savior of the world because of the hardness of their hearts. And they clearly succumb to the temptation offered by the enemy. And then I wrote down, like, man, was this God's will? Is this just God's will just happening? Like the rejection that has to happen? Because the, 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 the name of the section is the rejection at uh, reject, Jesus rejected at Nazareth. And I'm like, I'm wondering if this is God's will. Like they, they, they had no choice in the matter. I think it's just um, what I was getting from was his character. Like a person, how God judges all throughout mm -hmm. Scripture. Once mm -hmm. that person rejects, or a nation rejects the truth, mm -hmm. it's real dark for them. Yeah, because that's when God is like, okay, I'm walking away. Kind of like what he told the um, the disciples. You go to a city, and that city doesn't receive you. Dust your feet off. Keep going. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's what they ultimately did. Kind of like that same judgment, how he did again to the whole house of Israel when they yeah. didn't accept him. And they came out and said, basically, going to be blind. <laughs> it's like the Pharisees only for, for so long. And he's like, all right, you're going to die in your sins. Mm -hmm. It's like Jesus knows where we're gonna end up at. Yeah. But because we know just because he knows it, he still will give us the opportunities to correct it. Yeah. Because he'll go over and beyond the call of duty. Like right here, I feel like he's going over and beyond the call of duty. And yet they still don't get it. Because even here, I love how this whole thing, he's basically saying, This is what my ministry is gonna entail of. Because he's literally telling them the Gentiles I, that Elijah was dealing with. Yeah, yeah. And he's literally telling them that's what that's what that's what this is going to to me. <laughs> mm. Mm. And that's literally what happened. <laughs> literally what happened. Mm. That's interesting, man. Because like I. I hear what you're saying, and that definitely gives me a different perspective on it. But I, like, I like I, the reason why I was saying that. I wonder if this is God's will because it, this just prepared him for his ministry, right? That rejection prepared him to go into Capernaum and these other places and deal with what he's going to be facing. Because he, like, the fact that he's talking about what's going to happen at the end of his ministry, like. It is mm -hmm. he has the end in mind, right? You know what I mean? Like he has the end in mind and he's he's getting his mind and head around the fact that this is gonna happen. This is a part of what's gonna happen to me. And and so I I, I hear what you're saying, but but I also feel like there's because we're also dealing with the Holy Spirit, I feel like there's a uh a bit of there's God's will that's working in this as well. Yeah. Like what God wants to happen in order for him to complete his assignment fully without any question, without, you know, any blemish or anything like that. He has to go through this sort of pruning a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um.
excuse me, we see is all the way back then, cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In verse 28, all the people in the synagogue were filled with rage as they heard these things. Oh, and they yeah. got up and drove him out of the city and led oh. him to the brow of the hill on which their city had been built in order to throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went his way. Mm-hmm. That just, you don't like what he has to say. There's nothing that Jesus said that merited death. Right. Even when looking at it from the law, it did not merit death. And so I'm looking at this. That shows me how far gone this society is from the true teachings of Moses. Mm. Like They quick to reference Moses, but they really wasn't living that Moses life. They really wasn't. That's that's what what really jumped out at me, man, because they wanted to kill him Mm -hmm. off the break. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, like it went from zero to a hundred so fast. And these are spiritual people. Mm -hmm. But like like you said, man, like you said, they were they really spiritual? These people, man, they say they're Christians, but are they really? They're really they not. Really, they really not. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> man. I mean, because it's like the real question is, is what this man saying, is it scriptural? Yeah. Not do I like it or not. Mm. Not have I heard it taught like this before. Yeah. yeah. Is it the truth? Is this the proper rendering of scripture? That's mm-hmm. all that matters. Mm-hmm. And with them, it was like, evidently, and that's why I think that's what separates the believers from the unbelievers. Yeah. The believers uh, will look at it from that perspective. Mm-hmm. They will look at it from, okay, does this come from, is this what God means? Mm-hmm. Is this what his word means? The unbeliever is like, it's all about satisfying self. Right. I never yeah. heard it before. I ain't, I'm not going along with it. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's merited unto death. Off with his head, basically. Like, you want to push this man over the cliff. And I'm like, well, they're doing this to God. Isn't that, isn't that showing are the children of the devil? Because that is essentially what the devil wants to do to God. He wants them gone. He wants them gone. We've seen that with, with Moses. He didn't know if the Messiah was Moses mm-hmm. or was going to come during that time frame. So let's kill all the male babies. Mm. Fast forward the clock. King Herod does the same exact thing. That's the enemy using him because he wants mm-hmm. the Messiah to be dead. He doesn't want the Messiah to ever come. Mm-hmm. And here it is. Messiah is here. Just to be on the safe side. This is the guy. Let's take him out. That- that's the children of the devil. Mm-hmm. Man. I Which found... Operating the flesh. Because while yeah. they're operating the flesh, it's easy to get a part of group think at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can see people just coming. They see all the commotion. And all of a sudden, just because there's yelling and shouting going on, they jump into it too. Right. Right. 
I mean, th- th- that's so good, Evan, because th- this scripture, like these people in the synagogue, they didn't have the benefit of the, the, the New Testament, but we do, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was immediately drawn after reading this these scriptures. See, I was immediately drawn to First John four one, that says, "Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world." And this mm-hmm. is New Testament stuff. Right. So imagine what it's like really like really now. Right. Like now <laughs> we, we like J- Jesus is saying this. I mean, uh, the disciple is saying this back then. Many false prophets have gone out into the world. Man, come on. And, and um, you know, like the, the people in the synagogue here in Nazareth, they were they were a little different. They didn't have it. Like I said, they didn't have the advantage of. The New Testament, but it seemed like their heart, their hearts were hard against Jesus because, like you said, how did they go from staring at him, their eyes fixed on him, and wondering how these gracious words come out of his mouth to wanting to kill him? Yeah, it's it's succumbing to the enemy and sin, and just their heart, their hearts, man. Man, their hearts were all jacked up. Mm. But it's, it's the state of mankind hasn't changed much. Hasn't changed. You're right. You're right about that. Because, because the enemy hasn't changed. He's still do, he mm-hmm. up to the same old tricks. Mm. It's like um, that, that, that's that true cancel culture. There's not, yeah. nothing new up underneath the sun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. So we are uh, on 31 here. Jesus casts out an unclean spirit. Verse 31, then he went down to Capernaum. So he left um, Nazareth, still in Galilee, left Nazareth after being rejected there. He goes to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice saying, let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is. For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And I feel like the people of Capernaum had their appropriate response to Jesus. Mm-hmm. This is the response. It's funny how we see how not to respond to a godly situation so many times in the Bible. And then we get the right way you should, should respond to God. Right. And, and it's, it's just clear here with the people of Capernaum. And these are because he's in the he's in the synagogue again um, on the Sabbath, doing the same thing he was doing in in, um, Nazareth. But these people are so much more responsive. Their hearts are so much more receiving of Jesus, Jesus work. And, you know, you could say, well, they're doing that because he cast out an unclean spirit. I mean, my response is they could be as unbelieving as the people in Nazareth, even with 
the casting out of the unclean spirit. So it's, it's to me, it's no different. Mm-hmm. Um, Enjoying the show? We'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply share the show with a friend, that will give them a new way to experience Jesus and help us out too. Now back to the show. Let's see. And so the thing that also jumped out to me was the fact that this unclean spirit recognizes Jesus for who he is, right? Yeah. Compared to yep. the spiritual folk in Nazareth who their heart, you can't tell me their hearts, like I said, you can't convince me that they didn't know who Je- that Jesus was the Messiah as soon as he finished reading that, uh, that scriptures of us, uh, in Isaiah. They knew who yeah, he was. Yeah, I can see you didn't know when he walked in the door. But after right. reading it, right. you should have known. <laughs> right. but, but when he read that scripture, you knew who he was. And the unclean spirit showed Jesus the proper fear and reverence where the people of Nazareth, they, again, they I, I feel sorry for them because they just basically succumbed to the enemy's trickery. Yep. And these people here, um, the people in the synagogue and the demons, they bowed down to Jesus. They they knew who he was mm-hmm. and showed him the proper fear and reverence. He he was he was placed in their hearts properly in this situation in Capernaum, as opposed to what happened to him in Nazareth. You know what I like is how the demons they are very orthodox mm-hmm. in how they view God. Mm-hmm. They believe in the Trinity. Yeah. Because he, I mean, the Holy One of God. <laughs> Can't get yeah. no more obvious than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ain't no more obvious than that. So they, they know who he is. What I love, when I was reading this, I was like, it makes perfect sense. Like yeah. in verse 33, in the synagogue. That's in there for a reason. Because mm-hmm. it lets us know the setting. Yes. There was a man possessed by a spirit of an unclean demon. Mm-hmm. It may seem kind of opposite, but it makes perfect sense for a demon to be sitting in church. <laughs> you want to disrupt what God is doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're going to go straight there to the source and you're going to try and blend in. Yeah. You're going to try and blend in, look spiritual. You're going to try, or that's what a demon is going to try and do. Jump in the person, the, the, whoever that person is, look very spiritual and try and get the demonic realm's agenda done. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, when I was reading, I was like, it makes perfect sense why, why, why he's there. Yeah. Just blending in the crowd. <laughs> but here it is. Jesus is teaching. Yeah. And each time I read this, I always see it. That is, demons can't stand the truth. Mm-mm. They can't stand it. Like they have these, like in Catholicism, they have these little rituals they do in order to cast out a demon. Mm-hmm. That ain't really all Jesus did was just preach a good sermon. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and tell them get out. That's, that, that's it. 
I mean, he didn't. He didn't do all that, all the ritual stuff. All he did right. was just come all out, tell the good news, and water, and all that. Yeah, stuff. He, uh, he didn't do none of that. He just demons can't stand the truth. It's like spraying raid yeah. at a, a hidden spot where roaches are at. Once you hit it one time, all them jokers come out. Come and out. Yeah, that's that's how it is with demons with the truth. And it's like if a person is sitting in church and they're not convicted by the word. The true word of God, because the word of God is living. Mm. If the preacher preaching not a good sermon, but preaching the word as is, don't care who it cuts. Yeah. If it just comes out like that, that sinner, that demon possessed person, that one, they're not gonna feel comfortable. Two, that demon has to go. It has to flee. They mm. can't stand in the presence Can't. of God, like a lot of times, and I know, so how can I say? So it's like, it's like we oftentimes look at Christ, look at the Holy Spirit as a feeling. Mm-hmm. Once we get the feeling, boom, that's how we know the Holy Spirit is in worship. But looking at it in scripture, the Holy Spirit operates in truth. That's right. It's not a feeling. Yes. So if the truth, is comfortable in this particular setting, if the truth is always being talked about in a particular household or a particular church, demons don't want to flock there. Mm-hmm. That's kryptonite. That means if this was like, what do you call it? The Thanos, and he had all them stones. <laughs> yeah, stone. stone. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it yeah. for the demons. They yeah. don't, they don't want, they don't want. They don't, they, they can't operate like that. And here it is, Jesus is like, the people, they're receptive to the truth. Mm-hmm. Galilee, they're not. Capernaum, mm-hmm. the they want the truth. Yeah. They're not just trying to be like, yeah, we got itching ears for the truth. Yeah. But if it don't sound good, one of us got to go. Capernaum <laughs> is like, tell me, tell me. They, they're basically acting like how the crowd was with John the Baptist, kind of. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we cut, you cut is real bad. I tell them what we got to do to keep fixing it. They're coming back for more. Mm-hmm. The demons don't like that because yeah. Satan can't further his agenda because as long as there's truth being taught, there's no darkness. There's nowhere to hide. That's right. That's as long right. as truth isn't being taught, the enemy has somewhere to operate in. Mm-hmm. If there's a gray area, the enemy's going to try and use it. Yeah. But black and white. There ain't there is no gray area there. That's the area you don't touch. That's the area that you're okay to operate in. That's right. That's right. That's Enemy good. doesn't like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like they 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 coming out, they yelling out, what do you have what business do we have to do with each other? Mm-hmm. Jesus of Nazareth. That lets me know like New Testament hasn't been written yet fully. So Book of Revelations is here, but here it is. They must have already heard a long time ago. Mm-hmm. This is what you can expect. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come back. And when I come back, to the pit. It's over. <laughs> yeah. It's over. <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> and these demons, they're like, wait a minute. I'll check my watch. It ain't time yet. What, what, what you here? Yeah, right <laughs> so that's, I mean, that brings up an interesting question because, 
we know Jesus hasn't gone to the cross yet, but in the spiritual realm, had he already had the victory at that point? I like, think it is. At this point. We know mm-hmm. we know that we know that he goes to the cross in the natural, but and we know that the spiritual happens first. So could it be that in the spiritual realm he already defeated Satan? And you know, it's just we gotta wait for his natural ministry to play out. And that's why the demons are like, you you here early. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like that—that's the way I, I read it. The same way you read it, and, and I just wondered about that. Yeah, I was looking at it like the demons—they already know they lost. Yeah, I felt like they knew they lost, even with the victory that they had in the garden. Mm. I felt like they already so, knew. So you, don't, it was, so you don't believe that that Jesus had the full victory at that point yet? It wasn't until he went to the cross that yeah, that's when he lived it out, played yeah. fully like in the spirit realm. Took right at this point, I feel like the enemy still got the keys. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, once yeah. he gets to the cross spiritually, he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. the enemy like publicly disarmed at that point. But it's like yeah. here, like and the reason why I think like that because in Genesis, these demons after what they did to cause the flood, like some of them got banished. Um, mm. What is that? Um, so this Joel. Um, Joel, well, Joel is only like one chapter, but Joel, Joel verse six. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he reserved in everlasting chains under darkness until the judgment of the great day. Mm. And so it was like during what they did in the flood era, those demons, they're pretty much been already cast away. So it was like if they're on a demon team mm-hmm. and looking around, they're like, well, some of our homeboys already got cast away. So I don't see how um Satan is walking around feeling like we're gonna win this. When <laughs> at the beginning of the first quarter, <laughs> the main person that we after has came out and already exercised divine authority by casting some of us out. Yeah. Because it, it's like from an enemy perspective, it's like that shows that you don't have the upper hand mm-hmm. in this. Right. Fighting a losing battle. I'm fighting a losing battle. So it's like the enemies feel like it's a losing battle. So and that, so when I read it, it was like the demons are more so like, wait a minute, you came early and we know <laughs> whatever you want to do. So, <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's interesting because it feel like at that point, it's like, even though they're not saying, I feel like the demons are basically saying, but God, you hold yourself accountable to your own word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's why I feel like the demons are trying to say that, even though they're hoping that they can catch him in a slip up. On his word, but right. they're banking on him to hold to his word, right? So they stab have a little bit more time, mm-hmm. yeah, to do their foolishness. It's like when I think about that demonic realm, yeah, the spiritual realm, like, and I shared this with my wife. I was like, you can tell what's in what demons are basically in whatever neighborhood, you can feel it, mm. yeah, you, you know, you can like 
Like when you coming in, like for example, Dade County. Yeah. Going from Broward County to Dade, going into Dade is like a heavy, burdensome feeling to a degree. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's whatever demon is there. Mm-hmm. It's like getting over like from South, from South Miami on to North Miami. Like I recall each time we went up to North Miami, whether it went up to like Liberty City, Carroll City. Mm-hmm. It's always a heavy feeling of death mm-hmm. in the air. Like you just feel it. And it's like certain times like Baltimore, go to like certain areas of Baltimore, you just feel it in the air. Yeah. And it's like that's whatever demon. Yeah. There, you, like, you can feel whatever's operating there in that particular spot. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's God allows us to feel that or to sit, sense it. But we we aren't of we're not losing it. Yeah. We're not losing in the battle. But the demons, they always feel death. They don't have no dreams coming true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything is getting cut off. That's right. The demons don't have a sense of hope. So when we walk around, we're seeing in our society people walking around hopeless, mm-hmm. people walking around depressed. That's how demons feel 24 7. Yeah. Like when you know the only thing that you have looking forward to for all of eternity is everlasting fire from a bottomless pit. Mm-hmm. There's no hope in it. There's no happiness there. Yeah. Like certain areas, when you're seeing certain areas, we're looking at people. With me, when I'm going to certain areas, I see what's going on in the spiritual realm. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you're seeing the manifestation of how these demons feel through people. Yeah. The hopelessness. That's how a demon feel. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to... Uh, Wants to be set free from that, you need the Holy Spirit. If you stand in a community that all that community is the depravity, the depression, mm-hmm. the death, those are the demons that are controlling that area. Yeah, that they gonna they can only give you what they have in a possession, and that is depression, fear, anxiety. That's all the demons have. They don't have joy. They don't have peace. They can't give it to us. Only the Holy Spirit can. And so yeah. if a person, going back to what you said earlier at the beginning of this chapter, the Holy Spirit has to take over and show this person the truth. Mm-hmm. They have to show this person, like, this is what's, this is your bondage. This is what's keeping you down. Yeah. If they don't, never let, the, never let go what's holding on to them. Yes. That's good, man. So we are now in the home stretch here. After he removes the unclean spirits, he leaves the synagogue. Verse 38. Now he arose from the synagogue and enters Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever, and they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever and it let her and it left her and immediately she arose and served them. And so this was an interesting set of scriptures, just two scriptures, but. Um, and so is this this not Simon Peter, is it? Is this Simon Peter? Yeah, yeah, it's Peter. It's Peter's oh. mother-in-law. Okay, so, and, and that's what I thought. And I was like, man, this is before he called him as a disciple. 
Because I think the next chapter is when he calls out the disciples. He hadn't called his disciples yet. Or am I missing something? I think, you know, yeah, yeah, because um, you're okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, because Luke kind of breaks it down kind of different. Yeah, because I think prior to this, I think, let me see, because in Matthew, I think he had already chosen them. When he when he was in um when he when he cast out the spirit and when he was in Capernaum. Because right, I, I thought think... he chose him, he chose them when he went when he was preaching by the by the lake, by the yeah. by the sea. Mm -hmm. which, which is in the next chapter. It just, so I don't want to get caught up on it, but I was like, like, hold up, how did he and maybe it's just the chronology of the way that um Luke writes it, but I was just like, how did he what was their relationship before he called him? But because apparently, right. I mean, I know he knows Andrew. He knows he knows um, Andrew because Andrew was following him, right? And Andrew introduced him to Peter, and that's when he he told him to follow him. But that's something that popped up in my head. But the other thing that popped right. up so, yeah, yeah, it was on um, Matthew eight. Matthew okay. eight um, talks pretty much the same. Same story, mm -hmm. but how it's kind of like how it flows is I'm already walking with him. Mm. It, it's, I think it is kind of like, yeah, because then once you get to like Matthew 10, well, that just gives a breakdown of who is all the disciples. The, like, I, I, I feel like he's probably following them, but he wasn't. They weren't called like official disciples at this point. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Like he didn't, he didn't like say follow me. They was just following him because of who he was, and you know, he loved them and it was friendly with him and that sort of stuff. But anyway, the 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 thing that really jumped out to me in reading this was the way it was written because it, it didn't it didn't seem like a prayer, right? It didn't seem like a prayer because it, it didn't seem like a prayer in confidence, right? God, I know mm -hmm. you can do this, so heal my, heal my mother-in-law. It says that they made a request to him concerning her. And, it's, and it reminded me of Mark 9, 22, where the father of the epileptic boy said, Jesus, if you could do anything, could you, you know, could, could you do anything? Because I've, I've already brought them to your disciples. They weren't able to heal them. If you could do anything. And that comes from, and this kind of goes back to what my whole question about Peter. Um, they didn't necessarily know Jesus like that. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't know him intimately. Okay, say they did see him cast out the... Uh, unclean spirit in the synagogue but we see all throughout Jesus's ministry how the disciples and people in the multitude they just weren't sure that Jesus could do it for them we saw mm -hmm. it with Jairus we saw it with the lady with the issue of blood I mean she was more convinced than anybody but it's one of those things where the way this is written you're just not sure. And, and then obviously they didn't have the benefit of the New Testament. Um, and then the other thing that um, like 
it's clear in throughout Jesus' ministry, no one really knows the extent of Jesus' power. Yeah. And and that and you only know that through spending time with him and really getting to know him, right? Um and so I wrote down Jesus is the life giver, his presence is healing. So whoever whoever receives him and receives him in their hearts, they receive healing in their life. And that's this this little two scripture section to me is a model of that Mm -hmm. you receive one as jesus is received into their house you receive everything that comes with jesus his whole being his essence comes with him and so by receiving jesus into their house they receive him into their hearts and everything that comes with jesus they receive as well and it's 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 just it's just it's just remar- it's just amazing because that he doesn't change. If, if, that's if, that's the benefit that we yeah, had is that exactly. he doesn't change. Now for the enemy, it's not a benefit for them. <laughs> but for us being on in a covenant with him, yeah. being on the side of love and grace and mercy, mm-hmm. that's yeah. a benefit. And I, I loved how Peter got a first glimpse of how his power manifests in his own personal life. Yeah. And I think that kind of helps, right? Because if you're following Jesus and all you're seeing Jesus help other people, mm-hmm. it doesn't really become personal until you see somebody near to you that needs that same mirror. Yeah, yeah. So then it helps you understand like why they need Jesus too, the same way I need Jesus, they need Jesus, which is more effective. And when I was looking at this, even though it's short, short two verses, I'm like, it's in here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that that's one, that's one part of it, is that we have to, how can we relate to people or tell somebody that they need Jesus if we don't realize how much we need them? That's right. If we've never been begging to the Lord. Mm. How can we understand somebody else is begging to the Lord and tell them that everything's okay? God heard you. Not unless we've been there. And here it is. Peter's mother high fever back then, you could kind of like die from that stuff. You could die from that. Definitely. Definitely. And he comes up and he's like, he 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 asks, help her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I think, like, man, how did Peter feel after seeing so many people be in the same position he was once in? Mm-hmm. Like the father, the synagogue, Jairus, who he, Peter's right there seeing Jairus going through it. He needs Jesus to help him out to heal his daughter or the woman with the issue of blood. Like, that mm-hmm. does something to somebody's faith, especially mm-hmm. after all of that building up, the accumulation. It just makes perfect sense. But the ministry that Christ had for Peter, as far as building, being like a pillar for building up the church, yeah, it makes perfect sense. He had to go through it. He had to go through having a situation of being in despair and then seeing God turning around. Yeah. To understand that I'm no better than the next person I hit. Mm-hmm. I need Christ. 
way how this leopard needs him or how Jairus needs him. I needed, I once needed him like that, which sets the tone for like, if I'm alive during that time frame and I'm sitting down with Peter and Peter comes out and says, yeah, I remember a time frame early in the ministry and I came home and my mother-in-law was ill. Mm -hmm. I thought I was, and then shortly thereafter, he told me to leave everything and follow after him. And it's like, sometimes we can look at people and think that, man, they're hiding where, where I want to be at spiritually. But really, they're in the same boat we in spiritually. Mm-hmm. And I feel like by sitting down with Peter and him coming out and sharing the testimony on how he came to be, I would probably look at him like, man, you're pretty much in the same spot I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the transparency that Pastor Jenkins gives when he gives terms. Mm-hmm. When he, I recall one time when he was talking about and he was like, he literally came out and said, I wasn't ready for none of the kids when they were about to be born. Mm-hmm. He said, none of them I was ready for. And he says, the truth of the matter is you're never going to be ready when you have kids. Yeah. He said, you just won't. And that sets the tone because it's like most people are looking at, okay, pastor, you know the word probably better than most. So you are probably, you are spiritually ready before for these kids to come into the world, all of them. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I get a pass because I'm not spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, but when knowing the truth, is like we are all on the same playing field. We're all on the same playing field, and God will one another. Well, let's help one another. We shouldn't be looking at the next person as being, well, they're greater than me spiritually. <laughs> when Christ is like, well, y'all all sinners, I'm giving you the same grace. Same mercy, I'm giving you all the same. You're all my children. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great segue into the next section here, which talks about um, many healed after Sabbath sunset. Verse 40, when the sun was setting, all those who had any, who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him. And he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying out and saying, you are the Christ, the son of God. And he, rebuked <laughs> them, did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. This is so powerful because, and you mentioned it, it it's his grace, right? It's, it's the grace. It's not, I, I, I believe by healing all of these people with their various diseases and afflictions, He's showing that it's not by you, you don't get healed because you did something or you created some fleshly justification or works. Mm-hmm. You're healed because he loves you. It's it's the gift of grace from God with power and authority. So he yeah. to me, he was showing his his the gift of grace. And then he was showing his power and authority over all. Right. Over every disease, over every demon. He was showing that. I believe he's laying the foundation of love through all of these miraculous acts, right? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that, that jumped out to me is that, again, how is it that the demons that are full of sin had no problem calling Jesus who he is, but the spiritual folks in Nazareth, they did the exact opposite and wanted to kill him. It's like 
the 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 people, the spiritual people in Nazareth were acting more like demons than the <laughs> demons were actually acting. And that that's just I mean, that's just it's just weird, but again, that's what happens when we when we succumb to the enemy. Like we we're totally out of character and doing things that don't make any sense from a spiritual standpoint. Yeah. It makes no sense at all. I, I like that. It does come off like they, like the demons, are having church. <laughs> the demons were all coming out. Verse forty-one of many shouting, "You yeah. are the Son of God." So, like the only thing that's missing there is they were clapping hands. <laughs> <laughs> praising them, right? They ain't gonna praise them. They ain't gonna praise them, but they they gonna they gonna give him his respect. You know? Yeah. And to me, that just sets the tone for when it says, every knee shall bow. Yes. Every knee shall bow and confess. Yes. He is Lord. <laughs> he is Lord. And we see here, the demons are doing it. But I like, I think, to me, it's always highlighted, whether it's in the Gospel of Matthew or Mark, and also here, God doesn't accept that worship. Mm-mm. If the worship isn't coming from the spot of having him as Lord, mm-hmm. Adonai, mm-hmm. ruler over one, he's like, don't worship me, basically. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking, like, why do I need for you to confess who I am to these people? Mm. It's not coming from a sincere spot. That's so good. He doesn't need to testify to us. Mm. He and, and it's like he's not looking for the demonic realm to testify to the saints or who he is. Mm. He's like, I got enough of my word, enough of the Holy Spirit walking around through other believers to testify who I am. I don't need the help from the enemy. So, so Evan, you touched on something here, man. Is that what God is saying to these false, these believers of the false, these false preachers and who's laying out these false doctrines when they're, when they're in there, screaming worship and praise but not really getting the word is that mm-hmm. what he's saying to them is he like I don't receive your worship at this point I don't, like you don't have the Holy Spirit in you you're doing this from a, a, a fleshly standpoint this is this is not coming from the Holy Spirit you're hearing we'd love to hear how walking with jesus is helping you keep listening to hear how you can leave us a message that we may use on the show also don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode now back to the show yeah 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 i feel like because he comes out, Jesus comes out and he says, to, uh, when they accused him of casting out demons with Beelzebub, mm-hmm. and when they when they accused him, and he comes out and literally states to them, a house divided can't stand. Mm. That's right. And I was like, right then and there, he's like, my kingdom does not operate in unison with the demonic kingdom. Mm. Yeah. We, we, don't, we don't see eye to eye. 
That's right. It's like, I mean, use whatever the enemy, and we see that in scripture, like, you know, use whatever the enemy is doing mm-hmm. for the. But as far as like proclaiming his kingdom, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I don't, I don't use that there. <laughs> I don't touch that with a 10 foot pole. That's good, Evan, because the, the, I'm reminded of the scripture that says, what does God have to do with Beelzebub? I think it's in Proverbs when it's talking about adultery. Like, mm. like, would you sit, like, would you pour coals in your lap and not get burnt? That's how, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how separate God is away from anything that the enemy could be doing. I mean, because you know what? It brings up a point where the it, to me, it also shows how deprived this society was when Jesus was here. Yeah. So that it's a norm for many people to be walking around demon possessed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there'd be a lot of demonic activity going on. Yeah. And people don't notice it. Yeah. They just take it like, okay, that's fine. But it's like the occult, when that becomes norm mm-hmm. in a society, that opens the door for. And it's sad because in our society, that stuff is norm. Astrology teaching, you can't really go into a mall or somewhere without seeing a palm reading. Yeah. And that's part of the cult. The whole, um, what was that movie? The Exorcist? Oh, yeah. Was based on a true story by the boy. But for the movie, they turned it for a girl to keep his identity. And it was supposed yeah. to be either, they, I know they filmed it in Georgetown, but I think the guy was supposed to be but mm-hmm. how he became demon possessed, he was playing with a, um, a Ouija board. Mm. And it's like all those things that become normal in our society. You see it talking about different movies and stuff that come out, they push for like witchcraft and all that, magic and all that other stuff. But it's just true. So I, I often think like if that's what was present here, that stuff had to be super duper present back then because right. you were in the synagogue and they right there. You go in the street, and right there, like, de- like Jesus did not have trouble finding demons because <laughs> they just, they was everywhere throughout, yeah. throughout masses of people. But it's like, when I think about like in Isaiah's day, mm-hmm. it was kind of like the same because God had to turn around. He was rebuking them, the sacrificing of children, mm-hmm. the worshiping the moon, all that crazy stuff that they was doing which open up the door for the enemies to have room to operate in. Yeah. And God is like, I'm not trying to, if you're doing that and then trying to praise me, I can't accept the two. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, let alone if a pastor is trying to teach this, teach the same thing. Mm-hmm. If a pastor is trying to turn around and teach new age philosophy, mysticism, and then use the Bible to back it up, God is nowhere involved in it. He's like, nah, that's the devil. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't affiliate my kingdom with that. Mm-hmm. Because well, I forgot what verse it is. We said Christ came to abolish the works of the devil. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I sit back and look at some of these um, worldly false prophets, worldly teachers and false prophets. Yeah. Yeah, that does come to mind. Yeah, you bring up a good point because I feel like that does come to mind. Like God isn't using them. Yeah. He's like, yeah, get away from me. Well, and and I think to your point that you were talking about this morning, or or yeah, this morning about the like if it's not producing fruit, God can't be in it. Mm-hmm. Like even even if it, I mean, 
what does this is his word says if you're not producing fruit you're going to be turned off and thrown into the heat that is going to be burned hmm. right and so if your worship is empty you're not producing fruit i mean the holy spirit is not present in any of it man i mean that that's a, that's a tough road man yeah and i think it's so easy to have Blank worship, empty yeah. worship. If we're all, if we're only looking for a feeling, yeah, yeah. But if we have Christ in the proper spot, that's proper worship right there. That's right. The worship is in the doing, the obedience. Yes. So then, yeah. now when we give thanks and we praise God, it's coming from a sincere place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think about like uh, Isaiah. Isaiah one comes to mind. One, one eleven. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices? Yeah. Act of worship, says the Lord. I am full of bones and fat of the fed beast. I delight not in blood of bullocks or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, cry this at your hand to tread my courts. Mm-hmm. Bring no more vain oblations. Incest is an is an abomination unto me. The new moons and the Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I can I cannot away with. It is inequity. Even the Solomon meeting, your new moons and your appointed feasts, my soul hates. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash, wash you, make you clean, put away your evil, put the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Hmm. And it's like he's saying this to way before Jesus even comes. That like this is before they go into exile to Babylon. And he's saying it because this was the condition of them. And I kind of feel like even though they went back to their practices as far as like face wise. Mm-hmm. of the law of Moses, but their heart's not in it. So they're kind of like in the same position how they were in Yeah. And God is like, I don't even, don't even come to church. <laughs> Basically what he's saying, don't even come to church if you're going to come to me with, with, with blank, false worship. Mm-hmm. If it's empty worship, if I'm not ruler over your life, what's the whole point of worship? Because that type of worship is what demons do. Yeah. And it's like when I when you was reading it with verse forty one, I was like, it's just I just pictured a group of people being demon possessed, praising God, claiming mm. who He is. You are the Son of God. But but I mean the the reality is, if they're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then they are demon possessed. Yeah, yeah. They may they may not be like like a full on demon, but they're influenced by Satan. Influenced by Satan. And that's what I got, like, from that documentary that Reggie yeah. sent. Like, mm-hmm. I've definitely seen, I'm like, and these people, excuse me, these people are, they they are heavily influenced by the evil one. Heavily influenced. And it makes perfect sense. Just how that one was in the synagogue, it makes perfect sense for Satan to plant them in the church. Mm-hmm. To plant them to try and look like he's a part of the church to get right. others to go astray. Yeah. Keep them on that wide road. You don't want them to find a path to that narrow road. Keep yeah. them on that wide road. Well, I, I think it's we saw it in the temptation, right? When 
he couldn't get to the weakness of the flesh or the weakness um, of the eyes, he then if the word. And so I believe, um, just going back to, you know, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, those are the three ways that he attacks. And, you know, but just because he attacked Jesus that way, I think he's attacking all of us that way. And you're making such a powerful point right now that there's there's people in churches now who are influenced by the enemy. There are people in churches right now and they just they're looking at God's word from a prideful standpoint. Like, how can I apply this to my life for my benefit? Mm hmm from a selfish standpoint. And you, like, you can't convince me that that's not still happening. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like, the whole movie what was it book of Eli. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The right? guy in the movie, like, the whole, this whole thing, he wanted the Bible to control the whole town. Exactly. <laughs> he was going to be a preacher and just fleece him. <laughs> fleece him. And, 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 and that, I mean, there's so many different ways you can look at it, but it's still boiled down to the same thing where it's a, it's a satanic influence and people, you know, you throw Satan's name out there, people get all shook up, but that's what it is. That's what it is. But he don't have power like that. Mm -hmm. he, got some, he has some power, but Jesus did not fight with these guys. Mm -mm. Here it is. It's one of him. Yeah. Many, he cast yeah. them all out. Right. And this one particular setting is just one Jesus, one Christ, one Messiah. Yeah. Yielded to the Holy Spirit. Here there is many demons yielded yeah. to Satan under his kingdom. That's right. Because he, Christ moved won. he won this battle. <laughs> I mean, Jesus moved in power and authority. So it's, it, like I said, he wasn't playing with them. Mm -hmm. He wasn't playing with none of these None of them. All it, being yielded under the spirit, he had no reason to be trying to educate them, trying to make them, sanctify them, convert them. Mm -mm. Get out. Get out. That's it. Man. That's just so thinking throughout scripture, Christ, that's something he really doesn't play with. Mm -mm. It's with that realm. Like what was it? Second King? You're trying to find Beelzebub um, yeah. to try and get um understanding of what was to come. And then Elisha yeah. came and was like, nah, since you didn't obey the Lord, now you're going to end up dying. It's like, yeah. God doesn't play about that. But it's like, but why should we? Why why should we expect God to play with it? What right. Satan's doing? He's like, nah, it's, I've won this fight. I've won this battle. Get in line. <laughs> He's not looking for any substitutes, any gray area. And I'm thankful about that, especially knowing like some of the things that's going on in our time now, in our world now. It can, like, phew, like phew, the stuff that's going on now is just insane. Yeah. Mm. This is so good. All right, so let's wrap up here with this last two scriptures. It says, Jesus, Jesus preaches in Galilee. Verse 42 says, Now when it, when it was day, he departed and went into a deserted place. And the crowd sought him and came to him. 
and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities. Also, excuse me, because for this purpose, I have been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. And I just thought this was just a, a beautiful arc of, you know, Jesus's launch of his ministry. If we go all the way back from his baptism to his temptation to his launching his, his ministry in his hometown by reading the words of Isaiah and being rejected as a result mm -hmm. of it, and then going into Capernaum and being received properly. And then now going to a deserted place, just trying to, you know, being, because all of this is being led by Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? So he, he's being led and he goes to a deserted place just to, because I mean, he, it says he ends up um, preaching in other synagogues in Galilee. So he didn't leave the region of Galilee. He just left Capernaum. Mm -hmm. And I, I love how the people clung to him and they followed him to the deserted place. And while it says they tried to prevent him from leaving, I don't believe this is a, um, I don't think he's doing this from a, or the people are doing this from a selfish perspective. I, I That's what I feel about it. I just, I, they may have been trying to be selfish, but I felt like they just wanted to have more of him. And yeah. th that's how we are, right? We're hungry. They're, they're, like, we're hungry. We are to be, we're supposed to be hungry, no matter how long we've been in the faith. We're supposed to remain hungry for God because we'll never understand, fully know him in our lifetimes. So we shouldn't be, we should never be, we talk about being, um, complacent in our faith mm -hmm. and and these people showed a level of hunger for the savior of the world and i just thought it was beautiful um i believe that they loved him and they just wanted to be around him more they just wanted to you know like they were saying in that video that there's people who just want more of Jesus. They just want more of him. Yeah. I believe we fall into that category. That's why, mm -hmm. that's why we do this podcast. We want more of him. Yeah. And I think this was a great example of it. And it's just powerful. I mean, to, to end the chapter, you know, given the arc of what Jesus went through in this chapter and given what we know about him, this is the true launch of his ministry. And it just went from rejection to these people that he doesn't even know he gets rejected in his hometown but the people that he doesn't even know they just show him love and want love. to be around him mm -hmm. that's so, the i feel like that's the type of church christ is coming back for amen amen christ is coming back for a church without spot or blemish yes i picture capram even though they didn't have some of the distractions that we have mm -hmm. Every place, even back, 
example of recreation. Yeah. And so whatever they use as a form of entertainment is like the whole town is like, we want Jesus now. That's right. We're not stunned. Anything else, we want him. They're like on fire for God. Mm -hmm. I feel like you can't go wrong with that. The world will say something's wrong with you for being like that, but Mm -hmm. you get so much of a benefit. And when I look at it, Christ in verse 42, when they came, Jesus left and went to a secluded place. Mm -hmm. That speaks volumes to me. Like that whole thing, that was highlighted because I was like, if it's important for Christ to be alone with God, then it's definitely important for an individual seeking Christ to be alone with him. Amen. Nothing yeah. wrong with the, the with, with the fellowship. You need the fellowship, but you also need that one-on-one time with God. Because mm-hmm. if Jesus he was here on earth, he did that. After doing all, and it, and it was awesome, he's yielded to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And he's all, so he's already yielded to the Holy Spirit has been doing and here it is he's like I gotta go spend some time with God fine. Yeah. But when daytime comes, so I'm assuming this is early in the morning, I'm gonna go chill with God. And here it is, the fruit, the byproduct, these people, they want to go chill with him. That's a proper alignment right there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, because it's like they they were on fire for and Christ is on fire for God the Father. Yeah, yeah. That's that's beautiful. And I'm like, look at that's that's that is what Christ wants. Yeah. Like why build when he says I'm 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 building a place for you. mm -hmm. And when I sit back, and I've heard this before, but when I sit back and think about what I've heard in regards of I've always I heard Dr. Jeremiah say this, John MacArthur say this, I believe um, Dr. Tony Evans say this. It was like when you look at Earth and you look at some of the beautiful places on Earth that God made, from how when you read in Genesis and see how beautiful that is. But when Jesus says, "I'm going to be with my Father to prepare a place for you," mm. imagine how beautiful that is because it's, look how long of a time frame it's been yeah. Yeah. since He said that to now. And I sit back and think about it, like, would he really come back from church? Mm. Or would he come back for the without spot or blemish, like he said, the yeah. ones that are on fire for him, the ones that really, really want him. Mm. And what I saw from the documentary that Reggie sent, the, the, those false teachers on there, they can't stand the one God. They can't stand the ones that's after his word because of the statements they were saying. It's like they are mad when people want to dig into the scriptures and want to eat meat instead of wanting to get powdered milk. It's like, why get mad? The only person to get mad is the enemy. Yeah. Because the enemy knows the real church. That's who Christ is coming back for. Yeah. You're not going to go build something so elaborate, so beautiful, so grand, but just anything. You're going to build it for the ones that's being committed. Build it for the ones that that that, that you sacrificed for. Mm-hmm. That you died for, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Christ isn't trying to waste his blood on anything. Yeah. That's good, man. That's real good. Huh. Yeah, this was, this, as always, these chapters are... <laughs> yeah, it's really good, man. 
really good. Ty. This was a powerful chapter. And, and like I said, I just feel the Holy Spirit during this time and Holy Spirit just really showing up during this time and, and Holy Spirit evident in the word. Right. Jesus being totally submitted to the Holy Spirit and being a model for us as godly men and godly women to be mm -hmm. submitted. That's that like. Like you said, it's impossible to really please him without connect, staying connected and carrying out the commission. It's, it's impossible to do that without staying connected and, and being submitted. You can't really do it. Nah, it, it, the flesh gets in the way. The world gets in the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's that's real. It's like, I, I, I need the Holy Spirit. I ain't... Like, honestly, when I have to, like, when getting in the word, sometimes it's like, even now, sometimes, yeah, it's a battle. Mm -hmm. It's like, you got other stuff like class, work, and then it's like, the flesh is like, boy, you're tired. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh. Right. Right. <laughs> I, got, I, got it. I, I have to hear what God is saying in his word. If not, I'm not going to have the peace that I need in order to do what he wants me to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I need that. That's that nourishment. Yeah, it's nourishment. Yeah, this and this is this is why this is so important. When we get in and we do these. Yeah, like these these are important to me because I'm like, it's a lot of eating. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's a lot of eating. It's like mm -hmm. still continue to keep chewing on it throughout the week. Right. Well, and I think that's even. That's just as important, right? Just continue to eat, continue to. Um, it's like it's like training. Sometimes you don't feel like training, but it, it, but I like to say as as long as you show up, as long as you go to the gym, you may not feel like training, but once you get there, you're going. You might pick up a weight or two. You might jump on the treadmill, and before you know it, you're working out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> and so. It's, it's, it's just important to be present. It's just important, just as important, just to, just, just to take a step for, take a step in faith. Even yeah. when we don't feel like it, even when the flesh doesn't feel like it, even when, like I was saying the other day, like, man, I read this before. I didn't read about the temptation so much, even going back to Sunday school, right? Mm -hmm. But the reality is there's so much that God wants to show us. There's so much that we don't know about him that we have yet to learn. And the only way we can do that is just take a step towards him. Yeah. He'll he'll do the rest. Mm-hmm. Right? But we just we gotta show up. We gotta we gotta draw new. Yeah. Awesome. That's good. Awesome. All right, so much close us out in prayer. Enjoying the show? We'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply share the show with a friend, that will give them a new way to experience Jesus and help us out too. Now back to the show.
You're listening to the Walking with Jesus podcast, the show that brings you a new way to experience Jesus with your hosts, Evan and Malcolm, two regular guys walking with Jesus. Now back to the show and the closing prayer. Dear, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Thank you for this evening. Thank you for your presence tonight. You've given us your word. Thank you for giving us new revelation about you, showing us more about your character, giving us more confirmation about your character. Yes, Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. We should not be confused. So we're praying, dear Lord, for spiritual maturity, for fruit of spiritual maturity. Because you're feeding us meat right now. This isn't milk. This is meat. And so, dear God, we pray that we walk like we are, we have been chewing meat and not still trying to get milk. Yes. We thank you for what you're doing right now in our lives. Thank you for Brother Malcolm, for you having him to be disciplined and, and having a heart that's pressed on getting more of you. Chasing after you, dear Lord. Praying that you continue to give him more revelation about you. Continue to open up his spiritual eyes, his spiritual senses, to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit, sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, committed to what you want him to do through the Holy Spirit, so that you are glorified in his life, in every life. Thank you, dear Lord for already having things work out for him with his proposal that he's going to be doing. We thank you, dear Lord. Now you already be moving through and around the people's on the receiving end. May you already be speaking to them, dear Lord, and allowing them to be in a position to hear what Brother Malcolm is saying and gravitate to it. And we're praying, dear Lord, that you're glorified in this business deal. Yes. Thank you, dear Lord, for what you're doing in his life. And we're praying, dear Lord, that you continue to have his cup overflow. Overflow to others. So that when people hear and see Malcolm, they see you. Yes. We ask you, dear Lord, that you continue to move them around our radical brothers and their families. We ask that you continue to speak to them. Continue to show them more of you. We ask their God, whatever they stand in the need of, that you answer it. But bless for them to see that even though if they are going through a hard time, and this is also included for the listeners, if they're going through a hard time, see that you are sovereign. That they did not end up where they're at by you making a mistake. They are only where they're at because you allowed it. Yes, you had to okay it, and if you okayed it, then everything is going to be okay. Yes, because you haven't forsaken, because you don't change. Yes, so we ask the Lord that you bind whatever spirit of fear or anxiety or intimidation that they may have by the circumstances that they're facing, that you bind it and bless them to see more of your truth. We pray that their faith does not faint. And their faith increases during this season. 
Yes, ask that you may continue to speak to Brother Reggie. We ask him, dear Lord, that you continue to cover him, heal him, dear Lord. We pray that his faith does not faint, but it continues to grow. And just as well as what you said about faith before, that it's the size of a mustard seed, but it can grow to like to a tree. And we know what trees do. They yield life. So we're praying that yields life that other people rest on his faith as well because they see how he's standing firm in you, dear Lord. We ask that you do not allow him to be focused on whatever the doctors are saying, whatever anybody else is saying, but stay focused on what you have already told him. And we're praying for peace that surpasses understanding in his household. Cover and protect his wife, dear Lord, during this season. And we thank you again, just thank, thank you, you, for sharing thank Brother you. Reggie in our lives. Yes. This podcast is a part of the fruit of his obedience to you, dear Lord. So we pray that you remember the good works that Reggie has done and has trickled on down to us. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you. And I pray, dear Lord, also that you remember the obedience and the good works that Malcolm has been doing, doing that is a major part of my life, dear Lord. Pray that you remember that and you bless him, dear God. Glory to the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And thank you for this evening, dear Lord. Thank you for your work of letting us know that that demonic realm, it doesn't have victory. You have victory. Yes, Lord. It is you and you alone that won on Calvary. You won. The enemy doesn't have any victory. He doesn't have any say-so in it. Yes. We're praying to the Lord that the listeners remember that they have that whatever the enemy is trying to do, just as easy as it was for you to cast out every single demon and there was no struggle with that. The same thing is true for the circumstances that they face and that we face. Because you are God. You are El Shaddai. You are God Almighty. You are more than enough. Dear Lord, we just thank you. We praise your holy name for you being who you are. Thank you for not changing. We cast our burdens here at your throne of grace. Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Walking with Jesus. If you have not made Jesus the Lord of your life, this is as good a time as any. I invite you right now to go to Jesus Christ and let him know that you believe he died for you and he rose for you with all power and that you want him alone to be Lord of your life for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of eternal life. If you do that, you'll be saved right now. Get in your word and while you converse and reason about biblical things, Jesus will walk with you. If you like what you heard and want to comment, you can leave a message for us at anchor.fm forward slash walking dash with dash Jesus forward slash message.
We'll pick one to read during an upcoming show. So record your message and send it send it in now to join in the conversation. Again, that link is anchor.fm forward slash walking dash with dash Jesus forward slash message. You can also subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS feed so you'll never miss a show. Give us a rating and share us with your friends. God bless you. And until next time, keep walking with Jesus. So good. Yes. It's another nice. good one in the books. Another good one. Mm. Yeah, these are good. These are good. When I go on, um, like when I get on my computer, mm-hmm. and I can go on, um, dang, what's the name of the app I just had? It's green. <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> mm. Go on Spotify, and I'm, I'm look. I'm like, yep, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Like there we go, yeah. Because I like how, um, like when we first started, how the logo, how the logo was, yeah. And now how it's changed. I'm like, yeah, that's on point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna um take some time and update because, like I said, we up we up to like forty something, and I only published thirty two of them so far. Let me see. Yeah, we like up to. Oh, we're definitely, yeah, we up to like 45. So I got a bunch that I need. Yeah, I got a bunch that I need to, um, I need to, uh, yeah, because I got a bunch. Those are all Mark. Those are all like the last few chapters of Mark. Okay. That I need to to publish. But um, I'll get them done. Don't worry. I got to get them out because I think, um, you know, like I said, it's been I've been thinking about it, so I just I just need to go ahead and do it. So but thank you again, brother. Thank you for being consistent, man, and showing up, man. This has been such a tremendous journey. And I just believe there's so much that has come out of this that we don't even realize, you know, and yeah. so much that's come out of it in the future and the legacy of of our family, all of that, man. Mm-hmm. That's like, what my wife said. She was yeah. like, she looked at me one day. She was like, I really don't think that you really get what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you see the impact of how you are changing other people's lives. What mm-hmm. you and Malcolm are doing is changing other people's lives. Cause she was saying to me that maybe I was being too hard on myself. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, I want to do more. season that you're in right now if you look at it Mm -hmm. look at what you're doing right now god had you where you at this is all what you can do in this season yeah don't count it like you're not doing something great right that's right say this changes because she was like this is in on on the internet Mm -hmm. if the rapture was occurred still there right so somebody can come back and eat good Mm -hmm. i was like you know what and That's it's not point. ever going anywhere. So yeah. as long as we live and as long as this earth is still here, it's going to be out there, man. Mm-hmm. It's true.
tremendous. Blessing. Definitely appreciate you, Malcolm. Like, yeah. definitely appreciate you. Keep this thing out. All right, brother. You have a blessed evening, man. We'll get back at it on Wednesday. All right. Might stay up a little bit and work a little bit more, but I might not. I might <laughs> go ahead and take myself to bed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Thinking we're going here and trying to eat this cookie. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, shoot. So, like, yeah, we've been. I've been up since like five something. That's right. We had our morning devotion this morning. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Yeah, we did. It's my long day, so I might. Uh, I got a little bit, couple more things I need to do with the proposal, but for the most part, it's a done deal. Okay. Um, I got a little couple more edits, but I can do that in the morning. The meeting's not until like late in the afternoon. So. Okay. Well, we praying. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. I appreciate. It. I'm. I'm definitely going. Continue to 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 beseech the Lord with with praying for favor over this situation. If not, you know it is what it is. It's still in His will. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, brother, you enjoy your evening, man. Get some of that cookie, man, and uh, <laughs> get back on it on Wednesday. All right, brother. All right, man. Okay. Right. Okay. Bye. Oh, thank you.